Welcome back, Montini Giant fans. This is episode number 69, featuring Mad Max, colon, Fury Road, from 2015, directed by George Miller, and Rogue One, colon, a Star Wars story from 2016, directed by Gareth Edwards. So we note in this podcast that there's been movie franchises and sequels and prequels and reboots, and most of them suck or are lesser than they have been. But somehow there's something special about Fury Road and Rogue One that are special and make them stand out inside of these franchise worlds. Uh, some are better than others, and we definitely talk a lot about that. But uh, it's a very interesting thing uh, that we talk about. And uh, I would say that over the three-hour period, we talk mostly about those things. And we don't necessarily give, we dis, we agree that even after three hours, we didn't give Fury Road enough time to discuss the finer points of that movie. Uh, we do talk a lot about of it in the context that I just mentioned. But we will probably at some point give a full episode to Fury Road because I think that Mr. Thrawn absolutely adores this film and feels it needs a little bit more attention. So we will do that. Uh, but it's still a really great podcast, awesome subject matters, and very interesting from the point of view of myself, Mr. Thrawn, and of course, Mr. Sheely, who generally does not like these movies, except he absolutely, spoiler alert, adored Fury Road. Anyway, uh, do want to have a couple of reminders for you guys. First of all, you should go check out our store on martinigiant.com. We've, I've mentioned it a few times that we have a bunch of merch for sale now. And if you guys uh, go on there and uh, you can use the promo code uh, drink talk drink and you'll be able to get uh, free shipping for any of your orders of $45 or more for the US or $80 or more internationally and you'll get a free shipping uh, up until June 27th again that is promo code drink talk drink talk drink all one word uh, and you'll be able to get that promo code and all of that can be found on our martinigiant.com uh, website and just go to the store section and you'll be able to see all the amazing things including our t-shirts mugs beach towels shower curtains prints etc 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 so please enjoy those things and check it out i also want to remind you guys that on june 26 this saturday will be our watch party which is saturday the 26th at 3 p.m pacific standard time uh, which is gmt minus eight uh, and we'll be doing Saturn 3 with uh, Kurt Douglas and Farrah Fawcett and Harvey Keitel from 1980. And it will just be Dan and I. Unfortunately, Eric is out of town, but I'm sure Dan and I will manage to pick up the torch there. And it should be quite entertaining. Uh, Saturn 3 with Kurt Douglas, Farrah Fawcett and Harvey Keitel. June 26th at 3 p.m. on Twitch. And that can be found at twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant again that is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant hopefully we'll be able to see you guys for a watch party but for this specific podcast please enjoy mad max fury road from 2015 and rogue one a star wars story from 2016 so we can we just talk a little bit about the llc right now chris and no. just kind of go over <clears throat> what 
Could we go into great detail as to uh, our bank accounts and passwords? Uh, uh, yeah. Do you, get, do you get the password for the thread list here? Hold on. Let me let me type it in the chat. Let me type that in the chat. Perfect. <laughs> I, when I worked on a movie, uh, when I worked on, you laugh. When I worked on Sky Captain, you obviously we were kids, like in, a, in the candy store, and the Bond company came after a year and a half, and like the first uh -huh. week they came, they came like stormtroopers in, yeah, you know, with their briefcases. And yeah. in the middle week of the first week, one of the Bond guys gets on the intercom. He's like, Deborah, just double checking the password for getting onto the online accounts uh, <laughs> online is 4D783. I'm going to repeat it 4D783. Wait for you to get pencil. Hang on. That's and fine. we're all like, we know the password. Everyone can hear it. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? Did I announce it? Okay. And then click. We're like, these are the people uh, taking over the company. <laughs> the Bond company Nice. Nice. Uh, very depressing. Are you guys on Twitch, by the way, Eric and Dan? Eric I am there. Momentarily. I'm on Twitch. Okay, good. We got three. We got several, a couple of viewers. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Blah, uh, blah, blah. Oh, here we are. I jumped into a clip. Now I want to go to the thing. This is fun because everyone who's listening gets to see under the hood. I'm watching an ad now. Okay, good. You're watching an ad? An ad, an ad oh, is playing. Oh, nice. Oh, I should probably... Uh, that's interesting that you're watching an ad. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, now I'm on. I'm excited. Hello, everybody. Yeah. And who is everybody? Yeah, who's on? Who's, who's on? on? Let's see. We have uh, Eric Schley. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's just the yeah. three of us. That's okay. It's just the three of us. And the, but Yay! there are four, there are four Man just joined us. Yay. Mm. Hello, McMuggy Man. <clears throat> Welcome to Hi. the new and improved Martini Giant. Yeah, I know. We're getting all fancy. Has everyone uh, witnessed me, our fancy new web, uh, website? It's yes. really beautiful. Thanks to Eric yes. Shuey. Yep. Uh, we got the new website. That's right. This is the first one with the website. This is the first one with the website. That's uh, if this Indeed. were a friends episode, that's what this would be called. The one with the website. This well, no, sad. hold on, hold on, hold on. Our last last week, we didn't do an actual podcast. We did a uh, a watch party, a soft opener. But that was, uh, and we've we've learned a few things since then. But yeah, that's that's exciting. true. But it's looking great. I, I encourage everybody who is listening, which is now six people, mm -hmm. uh, to uh, to go to www.martinigiant.com and look at this and all the awesome artwork that Eric uh, has put together. Yes. And uh, and, even, and even more importantly, the new merchandise that you can buy there, which we're very yes. excited about. Oh, show me, show me, show me, show me, sure. Look, look, Eric, Eric, Eric. Look at this. You got Eric. it? Yeah, I got it, baby. <laughs> how, do, how do you For like real. it? So how do you like it? I love it. It's a very comfy shirt. I, I was going to say something, and it, you brought it up, and it reminded me of my grandmother, Graham Graham. And I just wanted – she used to say, when you want to feel good one day and you're feeling blue, just buy a mug. And that was a thing she said. <laughs> it's an old Brooklyn thing. Buy and a Martini I, I Giant mug I, at martinigiant.com. Well, that's she used to one say this, idea. Now we sure. understand. Okay, now I get it. Sure. You, you can always buy a shower curtain. <laughs> you always buy a shower curtain. <laughs> Graham Graham probably likes blue, shower curtain better, realistically. When you're feeling blue, just buy a shower curtain. Mm -hmm. Words of wisdom, really. She was mm, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, she was ahead of her time. She was ahead of her time. It's yeah. so, nice. Keep that in mind, guys. There we go. So, so you love the shirt. 
Yeah, I love it. it's actually in the, this like the is, home uh, shopping network. So, how do you like your shirt, Dan? In Pasadena? This is incredible. The texture, the it's a blast. Some fun, fun, fun. It looks fantastic. Yeah. It looks yeah. light and airy. What a fabric! That's a that's like I'm sure people have seen this. My favorite uh, uh, YouTube clip of all time uh, from years ago when it was from the home shopping network, and the guy had been obviously pitching. Just he'd been working way too long that day, and he holds up this picture of I think it was like a monarch butterfly and he sees he's trying to describe it just like look at this beautiful framed picture of, of this horse, horse. <laughs> look at this look horse at this horse <laughs> yeah, just, all you gotta do is go to youtube and look at t- type in look at this horse look at this horse <laughs> it goes on for a long time and he says i've just been informed that it may be a butterfly <laughs> That's funny. I've never heard of that. <laughs> Just look, look up, at look at this story. horse. It is really, yes. really funny. Look at this horse. So yes, here. Look at yep. the, this. Is it? You can buy us here, not the beard, but you can buy the buy the shirt. MartiniGiant.com. We're very yes. excited about it. I ordered mine, and it hasn't gotten here yet, so I don't know where mine is. But go, yep. uh, yeah, guys, go to the merch store. You know, buy some stuff. For, uh, yeah, there's going to be more stuff. If you have ideas of things that you think would be cool to have in the merch store, let us mm-hmm. know. The mm-hmm. other thing is uh, we're going to have, obviously, you know, standard things that are going to be there, you know, all the time, like general martini giant stuff. But the big thing we want to also do is um, things that are, shall we say, uh, inside jokes that are happening that could be really interesting. Yeah, so anything you've heard, either watch party or now watch right, party, that you yeah. think particularly funny. Right. Um, like the uh, the like the Scruggsit mug that you can get. You can get a Scruggsit uh, mug. Yeah. You can get, uh, get those made up for you. Yeah, limited right. edition, whatever you, whatever you've heard. Two in the um, Chablis was one of the other ones we two, had. <laughs> two, two in the drink. No, two, two, in the drink. Was, two in the drink. That's right. <laughs> and also, I think it was Chardonnay and, and Xanax was a funk band. That oh, yes, that's right. Chardonnay and Xanax. But yeah. my personal, I think we should actually open up an IMDb page for all your fictional uh, uh, film world characters. What was yeah. that? Dazzler's uh, Revenge. Dazzler's Revenge. Dazzler's starring Revenge. Jimmy yeah. Nugent. <laughs> Yeah, Charles and, Nugent. Charles Nugent. Then, sorry, Jimmy. Uh, yeah. Who who is the uh, the other uh, Dicky Lacroix? Dicky Lacroix. <laughs> Dicky Lacroix. Yeah, I, right with here. my family members, when my family members call, I'm always like, um, uh, "This is Bob Geodesic." Yes, or it's like, <laughs> so it's like that or uh, Nugent, um, Doctor Richard Peppercorn. Peppercorn's um, good. Yeah, you often you've often answered the phone at Richard Peppercorn when I call you. Often, oh, Dickie yep. Peppercorn. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should no. definitely. I, I could I could wear Dickie Peppercorn. And uh, and sure. the big one now is that it's I'm um, I'm Robert Prestige, attorney from Los Angeles. <laughs> yes, yes, you've used that one as well. That one's pretty good. I think yeah. that's it. Some I people think, are yeah, like, if, what? Hello, Eric? Yeah. The one, I, the one I would I'm like put curious about is, is Bob Sacramento because uh, that is uh, on on Seinfeld. That is Kramer's character. Like there's a character that he keeps talking about his stories. My friend Bob Sacramento did this. And my Bob Sacramento did and I was like, who the hell is Bob Sacramento? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bob Sacramento. Yeah. Is it oh, yeah, Sacramento no, or Sacramento? Sacramento. Sacramento. Oh, Sacramento. Yeah. Oh, Bob Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh we have to point out in the chat, Jason, just uh 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 I'm gonna say gently lampoon me by saying every movie is an allegory for sex or every movie is about the struggle of being a filmmaker. <laughs> which are the two arguments you'll hear me make literally all the time. That's true. <laughs> very, very true. I'm still not convinced anyone of um 
uh, the blatantly obvious uh, sexual metaphor of the entirety of 2001. But one day, when they can resurrect Stanley Kubrick via VR, he will prove me correct. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to go. There's there are a lot of rants that I will go into at the drop of the hat, but the one we can look forward to today, because the movie one of the movies we are covering is a Star Wars movie, is my condensed rant on Return of the Jedi, which I'll try can try to keep down to three, four hours, whatever you we're, want to do. We're not doing we're not doing that movie again. <laughs> no, no, not I'm just doing... saying it's a tick, and I'm going to say it, and you guys can keep talking. Okay. And I'll just mutter it in the background. I think that's probably about the best idea. <laughs> yes. Well, we should talk no, about no, the movie. Man says every filmmaker is struggling to get sex. Now, is that, that true, thing. or is it because they're struggling to get sex that they try to become a filmmaker and hoping that that will get them yeah. sex? Is it? Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> that is not. A, it's not a great path. <laughs> it's a chicken or egg scenario here. <laughs> are you a virgin because you're a filmmaker, or are you a filmmaker because you're a virgin? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the eternal struggle, <laughs> the Ouroboros situation of that uh, of that sad right. life. Yeah, that's very true. So yes, today are we starting? I'm not sure if we're starting. Yeah. We are starting. We've started. Yeah. We're starting. Um, welcome everybody. We are uh, covering today. We are looking at two. Uh, franchise pictures that were well-received, even though uh, they had former franchise entries that were not well-received. Right. Uh, one is Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and the other is Fury Road, a, a Mad, Mad Max, Max story. story. <laughs> <laughs> no, I should note that we've actually talked about Mad Max Fury Road in a long, 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 long ago podcast. Uh, I believe when it was still part of CG Garage, yes, Dan, yes, you and I did. Right. But we again. haven't talked about it in this context, and we haven't we've we've hinted that we really like Rogue One. At least you and I did. Mm-hmm. Eric hasn't seen it until probably yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, uh, but uh, we hinted at it, uh, and the uh, I'm so glad we're putting these two films together because I've got so much to say about the two of them as uh with respect to each other i think there's a lot oh that's lot exciting okay great to be great, said great yes but i agree the before thing, we get too I'm... far into this i got a couple things i want to say first of all mm-hmm. uh we, we we're still waiting for people to arrive so i'm going to repeat again we have a brand new website it's out there and i'm going to be pimping the crap out of this thing so you're just going to have to 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 you know, hold right me back. Yep, uh, we, we have a brand new website uh that we've put up and we've 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 formed our llc we now have the ability to uh, monetize both on Twitch and on our website. So we can buy stuff. If you want to buy stuff from us, it would be awesome. We would love your support. This is what's going to help pay for us to do all the cool things we're doing. Dan, show us your shirt so that people can Oh, yeah, see. here we go. I love doing the same. Here it is. Yeah. Martini Giant shirt from the Martini Giant website. Yes. And this is a this is the high quality shirt selection which I am very happy that I got because it's high quality and very comfortable. Nice. But it has uh, features uh, excellent graphic design by Mr. Eric Sheely. Right. And you can get this and a number of other designs on a number of other things including a shower curtain. Including so, a yeah, shower curtain and, and a beach towel as well, which would and also a beach towel. Beach yes. towel's nice. It's yeah, a, and a phone case. And a phone case. I, I think there's a yeah. bath mat too, which is actually really funny to have a bath mat of Martini Giant, which I may actually consider doing. And it's anyway, a combo. You get the shower curtain and the like bath. Cool things. Anybody, if you guys have ideas for merch that you'd like on there, uh, we would love to know uh, what you guys want. Additionally, uh, we have subscribed on Twitch, and we just didn't really understand how Twitch works because we are three uh, Gen Xers uh, that We're don't old. know what the hell's going on. And uh, Twitch is not necessarily the station that we usually hang out on. But we are learning, and I've gotten this very, very kind and very bright 
uh, a Gen Y person who is uh, who has a very successful Twitch channel, uh, uh, and her name is uh, her name is well her 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 name on Twitch is Fia or Fia Bunny, and you should check it out. She has a VR show and a game show that she does on Twitch, and she twitches about three times a week. Uh, and she told me she's going to help me. <laughs> Yeah, nice stuff. So uh, unfortunately, she's in London right now, which and she's traveling, but she'll she'll be back. Uh, and she's really good. She's really cool about all the VR stuff that she's been doing. But just so you guys know, you guys can subscribe on Twitch to us. And what that does is it basically you you make yourself a commitment of whatever the subscription is, and uh, you know whether it's five dollars a month for six months, whatever it is, and that comes to us and we get a, a cut of that, and that really helps us as well. So it's kind of like a mini Lisbon costs. Yeah, it covers yeah. Lipson costs, our web costs, our, 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 our LLC, and a bunch of other little expenses we have, which is we don't have that many expenses. Podcasting and twitching is pretty cheap, but it would be great to get your support on that. So if you guys want to be part of that, we would really appreciate. Appreciate it, and that That'd is part nice. of our our support uh, uh, mechanism. And Twitch seems to be fitting that for that. And for that, we are going to be thinking about ways to uh, send you guys thank yous. And I'm thinking about sending stickers. Stickers, stickers is I think stickers, we're going to yeah. yeah. make sure. some custom stickers and st Key things chains. of that nature. Yeah. Plus, we've discovered, Jason, the reason why you weren't seeing ads is I believe you may have subscribed to us, and we appreciate that very much. And you yeah, do not see you. ads if you subscribe to us. You That's right. <laughs> As we go, because we say all the good stuff when the ads are on. I'm just telling you all the really, really clever opinions. That's for yes. beyond the ads. Just send. So, so <laughs> if you guys are interested in subscribing to us, uh, you know, supporting the channel for for a small commitment, we would be very appreciative. Yeah. And uh, I will, I will, uh, will only repeat this uh, one more time. I promise you. But for now, oh, and we will do uh, commercial breaks about an hour uh, every hour or so, just so that I can go pee because I got some uh, big beers that I'm drinking today. Uh, <laughs> What are you drinking today? Tell us about your big beers. I am drinking. Uh, uh, it's a New Belgium triple. Oh. Uh, you can see here, and oh it's golly. the same guys who make Fat Tire, and they make a triple, which is a Belgian style ale. And you guys, uh, and there, it's very good. So, yeah, Belgian, Belgian is. Eh, it's probably my favorite kind of beer of all time. Mm -hmm. Like that is probably it. Although I, I hate to be so middle of the road, but this is when I was drinking Pilsner. Mm -hmm. On a hot day, oh, I'm just gonna delicious. say that's the best. <laughs> well, the half of ice, a half of ice on a hot day is also half of ice on a hot days. We, we, mm -hmm. which we've had many of uh, when we were at DD. That's a question uh, for you guys. Do you guys day. put? I like beer that's not as dark. I, I like the light, not light beer, but that you can see through. It looks like right. camel right. urine. Yeah, yeah, yeah camel urine. There. Yeah, Pilsner. camel urine. And I throw in a ton of ice. Do you guys put ice in your you beer? You put ice in your beer. Is that, I thought yeah. that was a European thing. They, they do that, yes, in the Europe's. I don't know. I don't like, know. But I, you know what I do like? With I do I, I take that back. I do like uh, beer with ice when it's a michelada. Oh that yeah, is, micheladas. Ooh, michelada those, is so refreshing. Yeah, and it's barely because it's you mixed it with a bunch of tomato juice and ice and everything. There's barely any alcohol in it, but it's, oh, it's so, so good. good. Michelada. Michelada, yeah. Oh. It sounds like an animator. It sounds like a <laughs> it's, 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 it's Bloody Mary, like a Mexican Bloody Mary. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, it's Bloody Mary with beer instead of uh, champagne. And, kind uh, of. But it's yeah. got a not, not, it's more like. I don't like want to downplay it. I'm just saying that if, you, if you're like, that's the, if you're looking at it, driving by and looking at it, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's usually it's, served in a big goblet. With yeah, lots it's of, yeah. incredibly delicious. I didn't even know about them until I moved to Los Angeles. And then I got quite familiar with them. Yeah. 
That's a good Anyone answer. else have much lotus can agree and tell Eric that we are right about it. I would appreciate it. You're probably that. right. It, yeah. just, it does sound like but somebody, I, you know, I, I think the people try to shame me for my lighter tasting because I like really dark beers as well, but I really like good, like clear light beers. So I'm going to say two things. One, don't be ashamed. Two, ice and beer is fantastic. It just means you have to drink it faster, which is also fantastic. Right. Right. So that's A couple it. other things I will tell you. When I was in Portugal, uh, they pay you pay for the beer by by how much you purchase. Like mm-hmm. you don't get a volume discount as you would in the United States, right? right. So you get this giant beer. And one of the popular things to do in in Portugal is this, their beer is very very light and refreshing, uh, Eric, as uh, the way you, you were describing it. But they like to buy them in two hundred and fifty uh, uh, milliliter. Uh, glasses, like small glasses, and just get one every 10 minutes or five minutes, right? And the reason oh, yeah. they do that is because uh, in, a, sort of in a small glass, it stays cold. It never has time to yeah, warm you don't up. you get the warm slosh at the bottom yeah. of the food. Yeah, exactly. I was like, that's kind of brilliant. Yeah. You know, so that's right. I, I was sitting at, uh, at, a, at an outside cafe in Portugal drinking teeny little glasses of beer with uh, um, Spaz Williams. You guys know who Spaz Williams yeah. is? <laughs> I've heard of him, yeah. yeah. Spaz, Spaz Williams is the guy who like did the the freaking uh the first dinosaur in jurassic park and yeah. or did did the head in the abyss you remember yep. like the little the water head <laughs> yep. or water weenie as they nicknamed it <laughs> uh yeah and spaz williams is named spaz williams for a reason he's a complete crazy he's hilarious and really funny but yeah we were drinking we probably had 20 of those it was delicious though yeah oh yeah. man yeah hell yeah this way, this way, like, and this when I when I discovered I only this I only learned through Anthony Bourdain's show that uh, the tapas. God, I love Anthony Bourdain, but uh, tapas used to be like the way the tapas really should work is that the tapas it's free is free. <laughs> like, why aren't we doing this over here? You're paying yeah. like the little bits of food are there to encourage you to buy more beer. Nice. We oh, all we agree this is a good idea. <laughs> we got a new subscriber, and we want to thank you, new subscriber. Oh, excellent. I don't know which one it is. We didn't. Thanks it didn't get much. notified who who subscribed, but I appreciate your subscription. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, uh, and yes, we, uh, we want to say hello, of course, to uh, Jason McMonkey Man, etc. Uh, Dave Three D uh, guy, who is a uh, giant supporter of the show and um, of many aspects of my personal life. Uh, and uh, welcome everybody, and welcome aboard. Uh, um, I've been I've been looking forward to this episode quite a bit because I have a long and storied history of complaining about Star Wars. Yes, and uh, and uh, and Rogue One um, was the beginning of a change of heart for me. So I agree. I have things about Rogue One, and I have reasons why I was really trying to figure out why I like it so much better than the other ones. Mm-hmm. And I have big reasons behind it, and uh, kind of hinted at it. And watching it again yesterday reaffirmed that. Uh, and I, I want to go go through those reasons. I also want to do a shout out to uh, some of our new users that I don't think I've seen before, including bi monthlies. Bi-monthlies is a pretty good uh, name. I don't... <laughs> Excellent. Lovely. And since the podcast only comes out bi-monthly, I'm wondering if that name is uh, associated with our name. And oh, if it awesome is, that's that. cool. And uh, uh, Arts, Kiera Arts is another user that's on Kiera Arts. Kiera Arts. Yeah. Kiera so, Arts. I so thank you for joining us uh, on the on the podcast. And Absolutely. And much appreciated. Um, oh, and Alan's here. So, Alan. Oh, Alan, hello. Alan, thank you. So, Good don't worry, you. Alan. We haven't really started as we're always still, you know, 
we were still talking we, about we ease things. in chat wise <laughs> this is the, this is first gear and soon moving up oh yeah yeah we have and, and and we're in a we're in a 16 gear 18 dealer <laughs> 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 going uphill just is here as well yay mm. oh mcgregor is here wow we got a lot of people here it's very exciting oh very my exciting. gosh thank you guys so much for joining us awesome to see you all so we can open up instead with how's everybody doing how are you how are y'all doing what have yeah. you been doing this week since the watch party since the watch party. Oh, and we got to apologize for day after tomorrow not happening because oh, of God, the thing. Yeah. But but we managed to pull it off. I think I think everyone appreciated Terminator as the watch party. That was a blast. That was that really was great. great and especially Dan's uh, coverage was damn good. I was excited. I was it excited. was Dan good. It was Dan good. <laughs> it was Dan good. That's Just another like, t-shirt. Yeah. Levels of goodness. Oh, Dan and good. Dan good t-shirt. <laughs> again. Dave3D asked to see the t-shirt again. Dan, oh, sorry. yes. Yeah, of course. You got it. One second here. <laughs> Martini Giants. High quality tea, soft, comfortable, durable, uh, waterproof. Armor. Available in different colors. That is the the gray color, of, yep. uh, obviously. Yep. So uh, I'm waiting for my mug to come in. I got the the short mug. Yeah, uh, the black I, I just ordered a T-shirt just to to see the process going, and then we'll go from there. Also interesting, uh, another one of our followers who uh, it's a he doesn't tends to be uh, doesn't tend to be on our Twitch channel. Uh, but he does watch our Twitch after we've recorded them. Our friend Bernie from Berlin, uh, he mentioned that he's going to try to order one in Berlin to see if it gets stopped by customs. By customs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, right. uh, yep. yeah. Uh, nice. Because it, we're going to be, it's like it's on the shelf at the duty free shop, like with the bunch of Toblerones. That's the, right. that's what we got. Yeah. It's Martini John. Suddenly it just goes crazy. Lois says, listen to Dimitri Martin. Dimitri Martin, by the way, we just, uh, Karen and I realized, like, oh my God, Dimitri Martin is the Stephen Wright of our day. I don't know if you, <laughs> have, you have you listened to Dimitri, Dimitri Martin? Dimitri Martin is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. He said he was going to open a, a, a gift shop in, in, in all the airports uh, in, the, in the United States called Denver. <laughs> 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 so people get off the plane they're like oh no wait i thought we we're in chicago <laughs> no, no, sorry <laughs> this is where we're at oh pardon me i need to turn my damn phone off uh okay all right so uh let's How see um uh it was good it's very it was a very productive and very very busy week um i was doing concept art on a bunch of different projects nice uh, which is very fun um but i also got a lot of uh writing done and a new episode of um zarda speaks on the way which is um going along quite nicely i'm very excited about uh and i don't know i feel like i watched something that i really loved but it slipped my mind as to what it was how about you chris me well let's see for me uh uh my wife is out of town um, she, uh, uh, you know, two days after being considered fully vaccinated, she decided to fly out to see her parents, uh, which she hasn't been able to see for a while. So she, so I am by my, well, I'm with the kids, but it was weird. Like uh, last night I had a hard time sleeping without her there. Like oh, I yeah. realized yeah. how long it's been that we've always been, it was very, yeah, it was really hard, uh strangely so that's been my trauma for the day <laughs> waking up alone no i feel that actually that's <laughs> the same is true for me i i uh, i lulled myself to sleep by putting on miami vice by michael mann and i slept like a baby it was lovely that's yeah. the that is my go-to yep. i feel comforted and happy once i get the little colin farrell and his uh, uh in response to your uh your comment uh that didn't help <laughs> <laughs> 
I try. You do what you can, is this. You do what you can. You do what you can. All right. Yeah. So, um, and. um, (laughs) Probably for for Miami Vice, already true. Yes. That's all right. So, uh, so that, so that was that, but uh, yeah, but I've been, I've been really busy with a bunch of stuff. I'm actually super excited about, uh, all the new things we're doing on Martini Giant and, and, and it's been, it's been fun, uh, figuring it all out because we've been planning on this for a little bit and like, how are we going to do this? And it's like, I don't know. I know Martini Giant is not necessarily a huge business right now, but it's really cool to learn all the ins and outs of how that works and how do we do this, you know? And so it's been a great experience, honestly. And I, you guys have been really great at supporting us, all of our listeners. So I really support that. Enough about the smashing up other stuff. So let's talk about these Rogue One and Mad Max Fury Road. Which one should we start with? Should we do Rogue One? I want to do Rogue One first. Okay, Rogue One it is. Take it away. Who, now, Eric has not seen this. I want to I have, a, I have a couple of yes. things first to do. Uh, even before we get into opinions. <laughs> um, now, I'm most curious about your response to this, Eric, because... I know that science fiction can be a hard sell with you, but I also know that more specifically like Star Wars, Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Star so Wars I'm, style science fiction. I don't know mm-hmm. how this is going to go, um, but I have, I have, I have thoughts, and I can't wait to see how these things align. What are, I'm going to say what, one more thing before because you, I'm going to say one more thing before Eric says anything. Because I had a conversation with him yesterday about uh, our site and a few other things. Um, and uh, he said, yeah, I haven't watched it yet. And, he, and I said, yeah, I figured you hadn't. And I said, I think you're going to like it. And he goes, yeah. And he, and he says, I don't, you know, I usually don't like Star Wars. And I said, yeah, but this is different. And I said, it's like the gun. It's it's if you, it's like the guns of Navarone of Star Wars. The guns of Navarone of Star Wars. <laughs> and, and he was like, "Oh, really?" So I yeah. wonder if like I, that was a total letdown or or not. <laughs> All right, so, no. so take it away, Eric Sheely. Uh, I I had never seen it. I don't. I really make an effort not to see Star Wars films. So I know you shouldn't really say that because you you comment on movies and you have to be open to a lot of things. But I'm not. I find, and here's a couple notes, and and I won't speed through it ADD style, but it's, first of all, I had an idea. Every Star Wars that I remember, it always started a certain way. It had the swipes. It had the the story the way the story is, and the resolution of the story at the end was all the same in some ways. I could be wrong, Dan, but I just yeah, remember the, okay. yeah, and it's like there's a force, and you got to fight the force, and all the bad guys are clearly marked in white outfits or really black outfits. Yep. So visual cues are there. The hallways. Um, what if you did one where it was just like they're on a planet and like. Luke Skywalker is older and he has a son who's just a real bad kid. He's a bad seed who gets in trouble. So you're not fighting these big forces, you know, across the world or Darth Vader. Couldn't you just have like family turmoil? Because it's always this, you know, Darth Vader's crew comes, fights. The, you <laughs> We're know, making Star Wars sound much more exciting by describing it this way. I know, I know. Actually quite fair. But Darth I Vader's crew I love it. But the, the thing is, I think it is, is if they let other directors go now to do it. Now, right. my thing is, I like Gareth Edwards, and I've known Gareth Edwards, not personally, but I've followed him since he was doing After Effects tutorials 15 yeah, years ago. So right. before I monster. Really, before <laughs> yep. monster. And I yep. love Monster because right. he's an independent filmmaker at core. And yep. I really so I have to and say this is after I, Godzilla. Did he do this right after Godzilla? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Okay. 
And for people in the chat, uh, the, the movie Monsters that he did, uh, if people it's haven't seen this, film. it's like it's one of the great low budget films ever made. I think and the whole handled, thing was done for like $50,000 or yeah, less. He did it on his Mac laptop. All exactly. Yeah. Because he's an effects guy. He knew how to do effects in a way that was uh, like he, he chose the right shots that he knew that he could nail. And mm -hmm. uh, and it sells the environment of this movie, this alien invasion. It was also very opportunistic. Like, yes, I can make that work. Yeah, exactly. He's he's picking his battles. He's picking his battles, and he understands what works. You know, I'm going to tell you a story. This is an Eric Schiele story, and I love this story. It's one of my favorite ones because it's just, just the way Eric's mind works, which is great. And it reminds me of something that Gareth Edwards would do. We were we were all hanging around at DD, but long, way back in the day, and. Uh, Paul George, who's a friend of ours who we work with, was talking about how he was hanging out at his house and that, I guess, some uh, uh, guy, uh, one of his neighbors had his car that was parked out front and a jealous girlfriend came in and uh, started burned his car in the middle of the street. So there was Whoa. this huge fire of the car on fire in the middle wow. of the street. And he was wow. telling this story. Do you remember this, Eric, or not? Yes. <laughs> and I so he was telling us, like, that's crazy. And we were like, oh, my God, that's insane. And Eric said, well, what you should have done is grab the camera, filmed it, ran yeah. in front of the camera and go, no, George, <laughs> what happened? And then you do a movie after that because you're never going to get the value of that shot and the other opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And it's true. You yes. never would have. You could have. It's a Gareth Edwards move, by the way. Yeah, oh, without a <laughs> yeah. doubt, dude. Without a doubt. I, a... I actually loved. I really liked this movie, and I thought the opening was gorgeous. Oh, it was isn't a gorgeous it film? Yeah, anime. It's Some a beautiful film, story. and I really, really liked it. I did feel at the end, it was like they were at a club med, you know, with all the palm trees <laughs> and like the buffet yeah, line. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It was like, That's wait amazing. a minute. Is this some sort of like cross? Everyone's got the beads and they pay for it with the beads. And it's right. like, wait a minute. They're, they're at sandals. And, and there was, I just remember they were fighting and then there was an old lady there. Like, you, it says that breakfast stops at 1130. Oh, yeah. it's just, oh can we just and, move this ahead? It's like, yeah. And it's, I was thinking, you know what I was thinking, Eric? It was really funny because I was thinking, it's like, I think the tarpon fishing is probably really good in this spot. I actually wondered if Disney bought the island in the Bahamas somewhere and said, we'll use it as a write-off. You've oh, gone there. And it's a Disney resort. It's a Disney resort. Yeah, right. That's true. Right? That's true. right. But the point is, I did like this movie a lot. I love the characters and I could see, I thought the visual effects were amazing. Oh, there's some stunning work. You yeah, like, I, I would go so far a few say things, which I want to get some into. Some of the set pieces were, first of all, you got these massive ships from the Renegades, or who the hell are these? The, the, the Rebels. Right. The, the, Rebels. No, the, the, the Empire is the, the big The Empire. Right. And they have these the dashboards, and they're all like glowing plastic interface things from like an evil can evil movie <laughs> you know like exactly. like the buttons haven't really changed right. and so sometimes little details set details are like wait a minute that's like polyurethane well it's really? like i love that they they keep when they fire the death star they have a canal so, street like, plastics there up yeah, in space exactly. well, like, right. because in the in the original star wars and in this movie because they just like they just reframed it essentially like the dude that's firing the death star is 
that's a 1970s video switcher for TV. That's what that's it, right. it physically right. is. <laughs> was like, that's the same switcher they used in the original Star Wars. Yes, and his user saying, oh, so didn't they have heard of Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, right? Oh, my God. Shouldn't you be able to do this on your iPad and not necessarily have that huge oh, <laughs> console? Yeah. Oh, it's like camera but it was, it was a beautiful <laughs> movie, and it's very engaging. And I don't hate all the Star Wars movies. There was one a couple of years ago where it was that train going through the mountains. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the Han Solo movie, and that's the best part of the Han Solo movie. That's a that really, really great scene. Awesome movie. Yeah, but I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a big hater of Han Solo. I actually like that movie quite a bit. It's pretty good. It's like, but this I was a beautiful big, movie, and yeah. I could see Gareth Edwards. Like there was really some beautiful moments, particularly with the map paintings and just the the yeah. capturing the mood of the characters, the young girl. It yeah. really made sense. I was disappointed or upset. I didn't cry that much. It was a couple minutes, 10, yeah. 15. But yeah. When I read that they reshot it with a different director, well, this is interesting because, like the the director that uh, they he was involved, it, he was yeah, involved. Like, like, uh, like uh, uh, Gareth Edwards. I really admire Gareth Edwards on a lot of levels, right? And number one, obviously, we've talked about like the homebrew filmmaking of his start is a wonderful yes. story and it's very inspiring. Mm -hmm. um, but he has maintained that tone in all of his. Even movies that of his that I'm not a, a fan of, like I'm, I'm not a big Godzilla fan, but like he brings this this uh, particular style to these movies that I really really like, and Rogue One works incredibly well, and I think Rogue One's entire flavor is because of him. And now, that being said, like the, making a Star Wars movie is obviously a very tricky corporate. thing to do. It's a yes. corporate event, right? And uh, and famously, a number of directors, even very high profile and very famous ones, have been fired from Star Wars movies yep. because they didn't line up with the pre, uh, pre-scripted Star Wars style that they're like, trying to... Like Lord and Miller from... Lord, Lord and Miller, from, from, from Solo. Are, yeah, exactly. Like These dudes were... Yeah, were, they they made Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. They're <laughs> enormously success successful, skilled filmmakers, and uh, and they shot an entire Han Solo movie that we will never see. Really? Like, yeah. yeah. The whole the whole thing, like virtually the whole thing, like up to like at least seventy percent. They shot all this stuff. They showed it to uh, uh, the producers, the executive producers, and they're like, "Oh no, we have to can all of this and reshoot it with Ron Howard at the helm." Now, I have nothing. I have nothing against Ron Howard. Ron Howard is an extremely talented, very pro studio filmmaker. He's, like, but he's also filmmaker. very vanilla. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like, well, that's the thing. that's it's studio like, filmmaker. That's still that's studio film, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's lots of great studio filmmakers, and he's one of them. You know, like he delivered. Like I've never not been entertained by a Ron Howard film. He knows how to make no, a movie. He's great. Yeah, and like, like, like me, I'm, not, I'm talking like I watched Da Vinci Code like a couple of times because it's super fun. It's dumb, you know, but he knows how to make a movie, and like occasionally he makes a really good one, you know. Uh, so it's not a bad idea to uh, to bring him in to to sort of correct. If you want to course correct an entire film, give it do give it to Ron Howard. Like he he's gonna make what you want to you like you what you want him to make he'll do it no problem like but you don't my question is why do you hire Lord and Miller in the first place yeah like, exactly. what is that what's in the, what's in their mind that they're like you know we should get two of the craziest most inventive filmmakers who have gone and made an incredible art, artistic stamp on the stuff that they've made and hire him to make a Star Wars movie, which we obviously do not want any of that to be happening in. <laughs> like it's an, I don't know what they're thinking when they chose to do this. So, but they with, keep doing it. They, keep, they keep on doing, doing it. it. Right. 
And like, and they, uh, you know, like they bring on these artists who have a very distinct authorial style, and then they immediately go, "Oh shit, you're making something that we that that doesn't look like what we wanted." I'm like, just fucking get Ron Howard again. If that's what you want, you'll make a good movie. It's fine. Right. But like uh, with uh, Lord and Miller, that was an extreme example. But Gareth Edwards was a really interesting choice because that dude brought a uh, with Rogue One. He brings a level of sort of depth to this setting that has rarely been there, has been there, but has rarely been there. And, uh, and even though it was uh, like, there are 60, it was a 60% reshoot movie. Like there's a lot of reshoots in this film. I think are that, you serious? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what they say. Anyway, uh, he, not only did he set the tone that the movie stuck by regardless, but he agreed to uh, work with the, uh, the new director who was coming to do the reshoots um the writer uh, he was the and, writer. Uh, and, and he's who is a screenwriter himself right. and this guy um is no slouch he's, he's he's a great director in his own right he directed uh wrote and directed michael clayton which is one of my favorite movies in the past 20 years yep. um and he wrote the the born supremacy movies and uh and uh this guy knows this stuff no no joke and many other uh directors who have been in that same position of being booted off a movie and being replaced have like they stomp off the set and like well just go and make whatever and like instead like gareth edwards stayed and was like i'm gonna play ball i get it you want to make this kind of movie i'm gonna keep on helping out to make sure i can help shepherd this towards what i want it to be and i think that is actually um as much as tony gilroy the new director like uh brought it together the way that disney wanted it was incredibly artistically responsible of Gareth Edwards to stay on board and say, like, I really right. want this movie to be great. And so I'm going to stick with it and work with Gilroy to make it what I hoped it would be. That's and very, very impressive. Says a lot about him. Yeah, right. it's really, really impressive. And that's why I think that this in particular ended up being a great film. Um, what what I there's a several things I have to think about. It's like, you know, we can talk about the director and how Star Wars. But this this is at the height of star wars fanboy ism yeah for sure right? so the problem i have with star boys i, I you know what i mean i, I just saw the star, star, boys. star boys bros <laughs> i think star boys star boys <laughs> star star wars bros is another one star star bros star bros <laughs> are, are like the thing it's like no just give me the fucking millennium falcon and chewbacca yeah, and exactly. r2d2 and i don't care about the rest of the content as long as you tickle my nostalgia bone right? yeah you keep on like showing me the same images that i have you know had above my bed for the past right just show years. me like i have the bed sheets show me my bed sheets right, right. Like or that's, the shower curtain that's also the sh- fine we want shower curtain or the, the mat which a martini giant available at martini <laughs> uh, no, so you show me that and that's what i want and i was like okay this didn't ha- this didn't have that what i really liked about it is that it literally and very very literally lies between the prequels and the uh and the and and the original series right, right. it tees up star wars and it and tees up star wars right. beautifully and the whole plot of this is and I'm gonna is from that one line in New Hope where it's like a lot of people died to get this information. That right. is yeah. the thing right. that teased this one whole movie. Right. Which implies that this movie has the liberty, the liberty mm-hmm. to have a clear beginning, a clear middle, and a clear ending. Oh, the story they're making. 
like of the story they're making. Right. They don't need any unanswered questions right. or something to get, because everything's already been answered. So they right. have the freedom to actually do something. Yeah, it's a great point. Perfect. Great point. And they have a complete story. And when you do that, suddenly this is why, I mean, because Star Wars, even the original Star Wars has always had some roots in like World War II films or mm -hmm. films of that nature, right? Sure. Absolutely. Obviously, that's that's kind of one of the- I mean, the, Star Wars calls back to uh, Wings, right? right. You know, like uh, and, yeah. and dogfight movies like that. Sure. Yeah. But this is like, this felt like- the dirty, the dirty dozen type films or yep. things of that nature that it had some really good stuff in there. And they like, there are a few moments in this movie where they, they, they quote unquote appeased the star bros a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. they put the guy from the, from the, from the canteen, like, yeah, you better watch yourself. You better watch yourself. It's like, oh, really? Or they have like R2D2 and, and C3PO is like, oh, yeah, and then let me let me bits. be clear. I can't stand that shit. I yes. can't stand it. Like because it takes everything me else was so great. Yeah. Because everything else was so great, and even the Jedi's themselves, the blind guys, the Jedi was so cool because he didn't really have any powers. Yeah, exactly. Right. It was. It felt a little bit more like the authenticity that I felt from Chris Nolan when he decided to do Batman. It right. wasn't fantastical. It was like. What if it was down to earth, Batman? What if yeah, it was based exactly. on reality, Batman? You know exactly. I mean? And the thing is, because like this is, it stands as an example. But like outside of those those hot spots, like the 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 fucking the guy from you know had the walrus friend, you know, like right. that stuff irritates me every time I see it. But for the most part, what this movie does is it goes, okay, so we have the like this particular you know verge of toxic fandom problem. You know, like fandom can be incredible and can be incredibly useful and and good for business and right. real and like a, a great source of enjoyment for everybody. But uh, there are certain fandoms that are tricky to work with. And Star Wars is one of them. And uh, and it's because you have all these, say, 35 year old plus, including myself, uh, very much including myself, mm -hmm. uh old men who have nostalgic reminiscences reminiscences of when they were you know 10 and they're just like please just make my childhood come back to me and they just want to hear the same fucking thing a million times oh my god those and it's poor and it just feels so it, bad for them it's crazy making for the rest of us i'm just mm -hmm. like i want to i want to see like what make what makes the first two star wars great is that Star Wars is incredibly fresh and original, and then Empire Strikes Back has very it little was, of Star it is Wars. A science in it. fiction film that you've never seen before. Exactly. And that's why it was so cool. Yeah, and, uh, and, and it was the, crap before that, you know. Exactly. And 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 now suddenly it's amazing, right. and that's what got you excited. And right. you still want that over and over again when you're you are depriving our children. I hate yeah. to say this. It's just true. An original, <laughs> of original content. Yes. And the. Here's the thing, right? I watched this with Brady, and he's like, "It's all right." And it's like I don't really like really? Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, no, my, my, yeah he my doesn't like Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. All any, I bet you any any person that was born in two thousand or or later doesn't give a freaking shit about Star right. Wars. Why? Because there's just too many mediums now. No, well, this is like that's, not their, that's not part of their history. It's <laughs> not part of their past. And there's and there's nothing there's nothing to grab onto because most of it is bad. Right. Like, most most Star Wars is bad. Kids are going to Star Wars films because their parents are dragging them there. 
Right. Like they're not making like they're not making like Rogue One was the first truly good Star Wars experience I had yes. had in 30 years. Yes. Like like I it's had uh, favorite one after Empire. And yeah, I think a lot of people say that. It's true. Yeah, that's the yeah. one with the furry thing creatures was so oh, good. Don't, yeah, don't, don't don't do it. Don't, don't do that. Don't, I'm holding don't, back. I'm holding don't back. Talk about it. It's on set. If you don't hear Ben's rant about it, it's available <laughs> on CG Garage, and he right. talks about it for two and a half hours. Yeah, but, I can go uh, longer than that. Easy. Yeah. But the uh, but like as we have, we actually <laughs> had positively or negatively. Uh, okay, so here well, it is. Hold on. Good. No, here don't even answer. Don't even answer because no, I know you love Titanic. Time me, time me, time me, time me, time me. Thirty seconds or less. Here's okay. the problem, okay? The Return of the Jedi is responsible for all of the evils and woes in the world. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yes. the worst film I've ever seen. It wrecked everything for everybody. Yes. And the reason why we have such horrible problems on every level about politics and everything today is because of that movie. And yes. I blame that. Bingo. Done. It did well in the box office. QAnon yeah. was Return of the Jedi. QAnon was Return of the Jedi. <laughs> That's my argument. Say so, done. We don't have to go over it again. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the uh, but but I had like I was uh, like I loved the first one. I loved Empire Strikes Back. Blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And I was so thoroughly. Uh, disappointed by the third one that I gave up. I was just like, I'm out of Star Wars. And th- this is when I was like 12. And yeah. I was like, no, I'm out. It's dumb. Forget it. And I did not watch any, I just didn't partake in any of the stuff that came after that. And which is like novels and comics and TV show stuff and, or uh, made for TV movies. And then the episode one, episodes one through three came along and everyone was trying to tell me that they're great. I was like, eh, I bet they're shitty though. And then mm-hmm. they were shitty when I finally went to go see them. I was like, meh. Of course they're shitty. The last one was shitty. I'm not surprised. I wasn't tremendously disappointed. I was just like, yeah, well, they're continuing in their in their lousiness. Big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but by the time we got up to Rogue One, I was like, yeah, I guess we'll see this. We'll see what happens. I don't know, you know. And I actually went to go see it with uh, Dave 3D guy. And halfway through the movie, I was like, am I hallucinating or is this a good movie? <laughs> I was just like, well, because it had it. Listen, I'm not saying it's necessarily a very original film because there have been films like this, but it certainly was a strong film. It yeah. developed strong characters. You felt for them. Clear path of a film, like very right. clear. Like uh, yeah. this movie's been done before, like I said, but it was right. a clear path. Strong performances, right. very strong performances. Yeah, the acting was great. Forrest Whitaker was. Good. I really like him. People pick on him for this movie. I actually like him a lot. I thought, you know, he's a little over the top, but that's the point. It's, out, it's Star Wars. I don't mind a little over the top. Yeah, Vader yeah, is over it's the top. really good. It's really good performance. Yeah. And Matt uh, Mickelson is great. Like he's available. Yes. He brings the emotion that you know, the the movie needs. Yeah. And, and in combination with um, uh, the main character, uh, like like she has great emotional restraint in this movie. And then because you tell the Mads Mickelson half of her story, like you can feel what she is pressing down, what she's keeping down. And that made me really care for her because she's not overtly emotional. You just know that she's suffering great emotions all the time. I was like, this is all you really, this is easy stuff to do in a movie. And they rarely do it in a Star Wars movie correctly, you know? And I think like the, the what you brought up, Chris, is like, what's really genius is that they, in for, except for a couple of examples, they look at the problem of, uh, their fa- of the, the the toxic part of their fandom as uh, as sort of a puzzle to solve rather than something to pay out. Like they're not just like okay, we'll show you the pe- blah 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 blah. They go like, how can we make a good movie out of this? Like we don't want to just line up a bunch of Star Wars imagery and have the fans, you know, like get all excited and then die out. Like we want to say like we can't make something new. The line the the word from above from the Star Wars executive producers is that 
if we are making Star Wars, we have to make a retread of something that has already been seen. That is the law of Star Wars now. After Empire Strikes Back, every single thing you see must be from the first two movies. That's it. There's, right. you, can't, you can't tell anything new. You can't have any designs that are new. You can't bring in any uh, new ideas. You can't change the tone. It has to be from those first two movies or it's not accepted. That's the law. And so with this movie that they were able to go like, okay, how can we go about this? How can we make right. a good movie with that, with that as a lock? And Gareth, that's answer, cool because what that does is that that gives you creative cre- restrictions. Sometimes brings yeah. out the beg- the best creative like, decisions. That's the best. Yep. Right. Because like essentially what he does, like yeah, the answer to this is what if I mean we And he's a guy. I mean he's a guy who basically takes like the biggest restrictions in the world and turns them into and, and turns them into gold. Into yeah. gold, yes. Yeah. Because like, well, yeah. like the, the his answer, and we we've already said it, is like he's like, What if we make a World War Two movie? Well, we treat this like a World War Two movie. Because if yeah. you look at the way a World War Two movie works, right? Right. There's no there's virtually nobody on earth who has experienced World War Two. We don't like it's all like uh, we have no, like, we're we're not part of that story, right? And so mm. when we watch a World War II movie, we're essentially working with a story that is not, like, we're handed the story. There, There's a cast of characters. There's Adolf Hitler. There's, uh, you know, there's uh, the uh, allies entering the war this year. There's the British. Right. There's blah, blah, blah. That's the world of World War II in a World War II movie. And we've all, and not only, I mean, obviously it is real, but I'm talking about it in terms of movie making. It's very interesting you say that because I was watching this and it reminded me of Sands of Iwo Jima with John Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does. Yeah, yeah. bingo, bingo. Well, it, I mean, and I was I mean, like, I literally, clearly, I, very my first time, I was like, it's like that's Sansa Hiroshima. The way yeah. like some guy was shot and there's mulches all over the yeah, place. Exactly. I was like, God, that was and just like. like no, I, w- I wasn't. In, I'm, I'm, obviously, it wasn't in World War II, but I can watch Sansa Hiroshima. I can watch whatever you know. Pick your poison, like uh, uh, Saving Joe, Private Ryan. Joe. Like I'm going into watching Saving Private Ryan, knowing the uh, the stakes are high. The, the, no, yeah, knowing the stakes are high, and sort of, and to put it in ter- sort of fan terminology, I know the lore. Like right, right. Yep. I've never, I've never, I didn't read, the, I didn't read the manga, but I know, I know the base. I read the Wikipedia page and the lore. I know there's the allies, the Axis. I know that there's something going on in Africa. Let's watch this movie. And so, like, you can make a World War II movie, and you can even have Hitler in your movie. And Hitler doesn't have to get killed in your movie, although in one fa- very famous movie, he is killed. Um, but like, he's a presence. And you go like that's okay. That's Darth Vader, and you don't you know kind of who Darth Vader is. You know kind of who the rebels are, but you don't really have to be a a super fan of Star Wars to understand Rogue One. It just goes we're going into this as if these things are part of your world anyway, and we're going to mm-hmm. tell a story within that setting. And I think it's a really brilliant idea because like then it allows him, as you're saying, the room to make a fucking movie. Like the yeah, whole thing right. isn't just listing Star Wars facts, which is what many Star Wars films are. Right. You know, and like, and and now I'm, I'm actually, I think that this was the beginning of stabilizing Star Wars. I said earlier, um, but like, I think that it hasn't been really until now that after like the the sort of emotional freak out of the you know, how people feel about the last three Star Wars movies, like only now have they admitted that they lost control of their license and they had to bring it down to a simmer with the Mandalorian, which we talked about before. But they're just like. Mandalorian is just like, okay, everyone calm down. Here's Boba Fett. Chill, 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 chill. You know, and that's it. And you can like it or not like it, but here's all the Star Wars stuff that you could possibly want to see. But what's really funny is you take it to such a simple spoon fed 
a team in space and still <laughs> right. it's the number one thing because right. like oh thank god you they, didn't they, overdo they, it like, yeah, like, 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 exactly. like just the fact that you under delivered on purpose yeah made it and a it, success and i think yeah exactly and, and no because you know you, you do not like the mandalorian i like the mandalorian quite a bit but i think we agree that the reason why it's working is because it is essentially a 1950s western like it's a very mm. very simple like, well, no, no complexity. I've seen the A team, and I still stand by that. <laughs> I watched the shitload of the A team, you know, just like I did. Like, but the A team was like, "Hey, listen, you watch the A team every now and then. It wasn't right. it wasn't the best show on TV, but it was on, it's and you good. enjoyed it." This, this isn't this is an enjoy. Like I watch Mandalorian. I'm like, but this it's is not like I can't wait to see what happens yeah. next week on the A team. I you didn't yeah. really care. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I will probably also be naming nothing, nothing next Wednesday night, and I'll watch the eighteen. Then also, exactly. You're like, oh, I'll watch the eighteen. You know, you cared about what ha- you cares what about ha- what happens on you know uh, uh, Stranger Things or whatever yeah, else sure. is happening, right. or you know, well, you but care they, about Law and Order somehow. Law and, remember Law and Order? That was oh yeah, yeah. I liked Law and Order. Jimmy Smith. Oh no, well, L.A. Law. Also, yes, L.A. Law. Law. L.A. Law. And but, and he was the bridge. Uh, Jimmy Smith was the bridge between. He became. He was in this movie, and therefore the bridge between the prequels and the original series. Yes, and, and so I want. I want to throw out there. Uh, we have a bunch of things in chat, but uh, Jason, I just caught me. Uh, Jason said Star Wars was given the Logan treatment, and I completely, completely agree. It's like. We're not going to re-explain the X-Men to you. We're going to make a good movie. And your right. vague knowledge of X-Men-ishness will help you out. But it's not – this is not – like, this movie is going to be good regardless. Right. Whereas, like, my experience with, uh, you know, most Star Wars media um, outside of this, including the uh, – <laughs> including what they're doing the Mandalorian, is they're bringing uh, in stuff from the novels. In the novels, famously, the villain uh, – the big villain is – Grand Admiral Thrawn. I love it. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's T H R A W N, but it's said exactly the same. Throne or Thrawn? Thrawn. 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 Yeah. Game of Thrones is passe now. Game of Thrones is passe. <laughs> now it will soon be Grand Admiral Thrawn. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. But yeah, it is. They, they, they what, like the, like whether or not people enjoy the Mandalorian, like Mandalorian is sort of like the, the low key version of what Rogue One got correct, which is just like, let's stop arguing and do something straightforward so we can get back to at least telling a story instead of uh, arguing about, you know, uh, ATSTs or, you know, jo- whether Yoda can bounce around, you know, like just get this basic thing done. Like it's like it's, it's vanilla ice cream, but the, let's, let's stop fucking it up. And so I think that like Star Wars is in a better position now than it has been in a long, long time because of that. And uh, I have greater hope that they'll return to choosing actual artists to make these movies because that's the only time they're interesting. Yeah, but they did. And then they, they screwed them. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the thing is, like, especially with the new uh, – uh, did you see any of the new trilogy they made? Because that like the, the new trilogy is really interesting to me because uh, – so I watched the first one. Right. And I had problems. I watched the second one. I had more problems. Right. And I said, what, what is the trilogy? I'm watching That's the, third the um, uh, Force Awakens. Uh, oh, uh, I saw those. Yeah. Okay. So, like, for, for Olivia's birthday. Yeah. Right. There you go. Like these movies to me, like, I actually find them really, I, 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 I got into a lengthy argument about uh, uh, Last Jedi when it came out, which, which I, I didn't like Last Jedi the first time I said. And now I go, Last Jedi is okay. It's fine. 
And I feel I'm the same confused way. by all the products. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's all okay. It's all products. It's, it's product. interesting. Like I, I'm just going to put it this way. Like Brady said, I don't care about Star Wars. Right. right? He cares. He cares about Naruto. Yep, sure. He cares about, yeah. he cares, uh, he likes Seinfeld and mm-hmm. Frasier. Now, I know my kid's weird, but, you know, Seinfeld that's and Frasier. That's an odd combination. I'm going to say right. Frasier and Naruto. That yeah, is a, he likes Naruto. Lily, Lily, Lily likes things like Death Note and Attack yeah. on Titan, right? And yep. and those types of things. Mm-hmm. And that, that is what they care about. So Star Wars Eventually, who, you're who just Star Wars service. I, it, us, the the Gen Xers. Is, is it just people old people? Now? Yes, yes. God, no, so sad. no. And there and there's some there's some people that are like I want to you know Gen Y possibly right so a little what, bit. What, right after us they they care about it they care about Jurassic Park and Star Wars yeah yep. um, yes and 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 the Gen the, the, the here's the thing I'm not forcing Star Wars on my kids anymore right I did oh, yeah. when I was no- little. Because it was fun, no, yeah, no uh, but then I don't anymore. And those guys and my kids don't care about Star Wars. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to force French Connection on them. That's true, right? But the French right. Connection universe has not been explored yet. So, so they they are interested in a different kind of content and a different medium and different things, and that's just what it's going to be for them. Well, but I think that, that is a healthy response because the reason why Star Wars has become such a tangled mess right. is because people can't even let their kids like it like they have to like it the way they liked it i'm just right. like really what think- the fuck is this yeah it's nonsense right. it's just a it's just a mess you know and i think that like the that w- like the with the new trilogy because like the, the i'm one of the few people that really liked the third one called rise of skywalker right. and the, because the the argument of rise of skywalker is if i can sum it up is okay so the first movie was about the old uh, nostalgic star wars fans the second movie mm-hmm. is about the new uh, progressive Star Wars fans. Right. And this movie is about saying, why don't we all agree we love Star Wars together instead of fighting? And I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. That's fine. This makes sense now. Like, it made the first two movies make sense to me as a... as you, This a, is basically example. all I'm saying is this is about fans. It's not yeah, about a fucking yeah, the, story. The, 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 the turns out... And the, it's and I just It's merchandise. Yeah, like, well, yeah I, I, this is true. No, it's about like, selling is, rides at Disneyland, man. Yeah, but this is, this is the thing. It's like, this, this <laughs> is how... Yeah. It, but that's but but we can't knock the fact the fact that people really do like there is an audience that actually feels stuff about this. So like it is from a from a business perspective, it is all about like how do you squeeze money out of these people? But people are having <laughs> an emotional experience because of this, right? And so I think it's very interesting that the new trilogy ends up being a meta commentary about uh, trying to service Star Wars fans. Oh my God! Stop! It's really it. wild. They should just it's make really a documentary wild. about it, like they did the Trek. Remember the Trekkies documentary? That was interesting. yeah, exactly. I mean, like I think I think that that is the that that is that if you're going to like the only way to it that they could make a movie. Uh, this is like this is the problem with toxic fandom. Obviously, there are great fandoms, but the, with toxic fandom is that eventually it just becomes about itself as opposed to right. what they were in love what with. What they are in love with, yes. Right. And so the like what happened with Star Wars is that it, the over the first two movies, it, it had turned so uh it turned into this internecine, if I'm using this word correctly, conflict, uh, where it was just about what defining yourself against the other fans who were doing it wrong. And so right. they the only choice they had was to make a movie about that. Like so it not, it wasn't even about Star Wars anymore. It was about the fact that you were like you were you were loving Star Wars wrong. I'm just like what? Why is this even happening? 
Like it's, it's made up nonsense now. And so to have something like, I can understand why they retreated to Mandalorian. And I think that Mandalorian is essentially looks at Rogue One and says like, this is the only safe path out of this fracas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we're, we're, well, here's the thing. You, you break from you break from it so that it becomes related to that universe, but you don't have to right. go too far down the yeah. the, they have uh, to the actual path of the Skywalkers stuff. and all the other. Yeah, they got to get rid of things. all that stuff. And right. if they're going to continue well, to make notes uh, from like Mickey Man who said, uh, uh, "Mine like Star Wars when they were very little, uh, but now they've moved on to the '70s movies." And Michael Mann, thank you, Dan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't uh, take credit uh, for that. That's uh, all Michael Mann, baby. That's James Kahn. And then his love. <laughs> says it's all just uh, avoid contest, and this at this point designed to provoke an emotional response. Yeah. And we're all we're all the replicants. It's true. So so I I, w- I do want to talk. A, you know, we could go on the entree for a long time. But I do want to make a couple <laughs> points that I thought were very interesting. Just a little interesting plot points. Because this film specifically takes place between two trilogies, they do make some uh, some connections that happen at this point, specifically the people that are involved in this, right? So you have Jimmy Smith, as you as you noted, who played himself. Yeah, <laughs> notably, right? Yeah, right, right, right. And whose connection between the 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 the, the episode one, two, and three, and four, five, and six, right? So he's kind of that that connection, and he's the one who basically brings uh, Princess Leia to to the table. Yeah. The the original movie, this movie is based on a a speech by the woman in the original the very original 1977 star Wars who says a lot of people lost their lives. Right. Right. And you recognize her by the way she looks, the way she speaks and the outfit she wears. Right. right. She is. Mon Mothma, back. For you nerds she, out there. What was that? Mon Mothma is her character. Okay. Now, and actually I don't give a shit what her name is. That <laughs> is the connection. What, what it I'm is. I'm doing this okay? to shame myself. I know. Right? These things. <laughs> and that's the point. I don't give a shit, but I know, ah, I recognize that from, I recognized her from the original film. And that's not even her. That's a no. different actress who sounds like her and looks like her. <laughs> somehow they thought that would work, and it totally does. Yep. And yep. somehow they thought that they need to fucking CG the shit out of other characters out of and Peter ruin the whole, out of Peter Cushing and ruin it. He's dead, right? He's dead. Yes, he was quite dead. dead. He was quite dead. Yeah, he did not last longer than than Star Wars. But I mean, like right. the like uh, like uh, like Peter Cushing is obviously a classic English actor from great trashy horror movies, and it was awesome to see him in the first Star Wars. You could get somebody who kind of looks like him, and I'd accept that. That'd be fun. You, you, you need him in the movie at all? You'd like him to do his voice? Yeah. Like, like this is fine. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Like, you know, certainly it's it's not going to put me out of the movie anymore. Than a, Essentially, pu- a CG puppet. <laughs> they're, they're basically trying to appease the fan base, and at the same time, they're kind oh, of. Oh no, no, no! They this is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. They just went overboard. Yeah. They're right. like, what if we bring Pity Cushing back? And they that that is a decision. Why did they decide? Why did they bring Pity Cushing back, and they didn't bring her back? Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. And the thing is, like the the, the uh, like, and I, I, I know the people who I know people who worked on these effects, and, and so no diss to them. Well, I no, I know, I know. Uh, Hal Hickel was the animation yeah. supervisor, on it, and he talks about it quite a bit. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? I didn't say a word. Brady, you guys all know Brady on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Brady's, you know, eleven years old. He's watching this, and he goes. What the heck is wrong with it? Oh, he looks animated. Yeah, he's animated. Like, <laughs> he it's, looks it's really not, bad. I didn't say a word. He looks really a, bad, is right. what he they, said. They, 
like the the they uh, they did as good a job as they could do at the state of the art at that time. With no, a, that's not true. Bad, wait, well, no, just yes. finish. We did it with Benjamin with, Buttons in two thousand eight. Yeah, it's true. There are better examples for sure, but like they they did a good uh, as good a job with a creatively uh, bad choice as they could. Like it, I think it, it was necessary. It's it, 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 sometimes it was, you, you you that's get told yeah. You don't need to overthink it. They had such a powerful story. They could have done it with someone else. And it was like, okay, because it is like, I agree with the idea of putting Leia in the end of the movie. Right. For instance. And, but uh, like filmic, like if I'm going to critique the filmmaking of that, like the way that scene really should go is you lead all the way up to looking through the door and you see like the silhouette of Leia, maybe just turning to the side. And then she says, hope. And then you end the movie. You don't actually full on show CG Leia's face. It doesn't work. Like you should, they should have looked at that and went, nope, doesn't work. And then not right. done it. <laughs> like that's it. That's all right. you need to do is go, oh, that doesn't work. We need to do right. something else. But I think that there's a, there's a level of like, they'd already invested so much money and it's just, commitment to it. They're not, like, oh, it doesn't work. Right. Maybe it works. No, it does not work. No, little, little side note, little side note. So to make the CG version of him, they had to create, they, they had a little help. Apparently there was a plaster cast of Peter Cushion that was available. Do you guys know where that plaster cast was made and for what movie? That's a good question. Anyone on chat? Because I'll challenge you. No, that's... And anyone in chat can figure out what why they had access to a plaster cast of Peter Cushing because he was in another film which required him to have some makeup some heavy prosthetic makeup on his face uh, that they needed a plaster cast for. I so. can take a stab at this whenever you want, but I okay, go know. ahead, tell me. I'm going to say Peter Cushing in. Is it a Hammer horror film? Nope. Okay, then I do not know. Nope. Caligula. This was not the right answer either, Alan. Zardoz. It should be the right answer. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyone What's else know? Uh, uh, he, uh, Jason said he used to, I'll give you a hint. It was a comedy. I'm, I have no idea. He's famous for having the most amount of gags per, per, per second. It's yes, mad, yes, mad, yes, mad yes, yes, yes. There you go. No, man, 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 bad world. Oh, yes, of course. That'd be top secret. Yes, top secret. There you go. Yes. He was the Swedish book uh, book salesman. Yes, That's right. Yes, with a giant <laughs> eye. They should have kept the giant eye. Yes, yes. <laughs> they should have kept the giant eye. That would yep, have made it better. Yep, yep. That's right. But yeah, like, uh, and because, uh, yeah, top secret. What? A, by the way, I just rewatched Top Secret. That movie is fucking hilarious. And mm. uh, and Val Kilmer should be a Tom Cruise level star right now. And I'm, I'm oh, well, he's, shocked he's, that he's not. Yeah, he's got a lot of problems. Yeah, health problems. It's too bad. It's really bad. Yeah, it's yeah. too bad because he was man, Top Secret, uh, real genius. That guy is unstoppable. Yes. Also, in also rewatching... surprising people like Omar Sharif and hilarious comedy oh, roles. So good. So, so good. <laughs> yeah. And perhaps like uh, when the, the horse is coughing constantly. And mm -hmm. his, oh, just, just a little like, horse? No, it was a little horse. But he was a little horse. He was a little horse. It's just a little horse. Oh, that's a good one. Anyway. Um, but yes, like Jason. I did. <laughs> I wish that five minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> nice. yes. Sorry, Jason. Sorry, Jason. We're just catching up. Anyway, uh, so so that the the thing that's interesting, and I I've actually have have had Hal Hickel on in uh on CG Garage, and we've talked specifically about that performance. And I encourage you guys to go on to CG Garage and, and, and listen to that. Uh, and 
listen, I, you know, I saw it, uh, you know, in, in Dolby Vision yesterday, and it doesn't look good at all. Mm-hmm. And which I one? Am, the the j- his performance and Leia's performance. It's just like it's just bad, honestly speaking. Yep. And to me, what was so interesting, uh, and it's and it's I I know what a challenge it is. I don't. I'm not blaming Hal no, on, it's on that. Hard. It's hard. It's one of the, one of the hardest to things to do. And sometimes you nail it and you don't always know why you do. And sometimes you don't, and it's hard to figure out what's wrong with it. That's the whole problem with the uncanny Valley. Right. Yep. And these days you have a lot of, um, the, you have a lot of problems, uh, 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 to, to make that happen. These days, actually, you have machine learning that's making it easier sure. uh, to solve those problems because the problem, most of the, uncanny valley problems is when you try to correct things you respond with an emotional response to it not looking well and you tend to overcorrect and doesn't do it goes, the other, way. goes yeah. the other way we right. know this dan you and i know this from working on girl with a dragon tattoo it's yep. like yeah it's a nightmare ugh, it was a nightmare. a nightmare yeah i was like just stay with the simple facts stay with the simple yep. facts uh so so anyway that was you know that's the the challenge uh, and it's interesting that this happens in a gareth edwards film because like as we were saying earlier gareth edwards is the master of making the right choices oh i don't think it was his choice and i don't think this was his choice i think this Definitely is a not studio his choice. choice saying you're going to do this that's what's We're happening. gonna have ILM tackle the Uncanny Valley. They're the best visual effects company in the world. We own them, yep. and we are going to show people how awesome we are. We're going to get Hal Hickel, a very good animation director, an excellent animation director, to solve that problem. And you know what? You get the best animation director, the best visual effects company on paper, uh, and say, and guess what? It doesn't always work. Yeah, like that's a, that's a <laughs> one in ten chance you're going to get the, uh, the yep. greatness out of it because like like button like button works. Because of the uh, of the model of like do do the stuff you know you can do well, like and everything well, is sculpted. Button works. Button work. Button worked in several. Apparently, it wasn't working at all. Oh yeah. And yeah. then I they remember, they stayed, they on. went down. They had another three months left to to finish the film, mm-hmm. and they stripped themselves down to like less than a dozen yeah. people yeah. and redid almost every shot. Yeah, exactly. But it totally with a really? totally new mindset. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. And it was, yep. uh, and it was, and it was a lot, d- another problem also with uncanny Valley problem is if you have too many cooks in the, in the kitchen of decision-making, yes. I think the chin is wrong. I think the eyes are wrong. Oh, I think man, like yeah. so, uh, you're just, you're just, you're just in a it's rabbit hard. hole of hurt. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like a uh, Dave 3d guy brings up the, the deep fake versions on YouTube look better and he has a link for it. The, uh, like, and I do recommend seeing that because it is really interesting because right. when you see it done well, like when it, or when it's photo real, that's when you can say, why the fuck is this scene in this? Like now that it looks real, why do we do it? Was yeah, exactly <laughs> the point. It didn't need to be there, right? Like, why is this here? I don't understand. So, so and and this is going to come down also, and it's going to bleed into our furry furry road. Furry road. <laughs> I I hope I watched the right movie. Yeah, tell yeah. you watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was about the Ewoks walking exactly. in a desert. Yes, yeah, that's right. Trying yeah. to get some guzzling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, imagine if it was all Ewoks that played in in Mad Max Furry Road. It would, it would still be, be really. Real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But so there's there's a certain a stigma that is with visual effects, right? And these are around the same time uh, uh, that this was happening. But um, 
<laughs> okay. well, man, don't make me look that up. Jesus, do not make me look that up. <laughs> There's something in the chat that I'm just going to leave in the chat. I'm sure that would end up with a Google search history though, that I don't want. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> uh, but there, there, there's something about like, if you take, if you, if you make visual effects, such an important part of the thing is like, there was only one reason to put Peter Cushing the way he was put in into that story. And right. that's because you want to show off some kind of a CG person. There was no same thing with yeah. Leia, as you said. Yeah. You wanted to show that off. So you made the CG front and center and it right. failed miserably. And it's right? also it reveals a I mean, I, like I said, I love this movie, but to to be critical of it, like there it reveals a flaw in the structure of the movie. Uh, right. which is that the uh uh the character uh that Ben uh, um uh, Mendelssohn is playing the the villain of the movie right mm -hmm. like he is clearly supposed to be Grand Moff Tarkin who is Peter Cushing's original character like right. instead he is a duplicate character so they can have Peter Cushing in a couple of scenes Right, I'm just like and he's a really good oh, he's a really good villain but oh he's a great villain but he should be playing villain. Grand Moff Tarkin just say that this is him. It's fine. Yes. Like it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be the same fucking dude. You can just say that this is him in this movie. It's fine. The and fans would have rebelled. Yeah. Don't do it for it. This is how to maintain a healthy fandom, by the way. Here's the, here's the key. Yep. If you want a great interaction with your fandom that's really creative and enjoyable and everyone has a good time, do not let them drive the boat at all, <laughs> ever. You know that how we used to it works. like it, when we had to have someone that we used to play, you know, that that's a younger version of the other actor in a, in a story. You know how we used to do that. We used to hire another fucking actor. Get another actor. <laughs> yeah. Leading into Mad Max Fury right. Road. I mean, we talked Voila. about this on Sneaker. <laughs> uh, we talked about it on Sneaker when we had like the younger, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, crap. Why am I name blanking? Uh, uh, not Paul Newman. Uh, shit. Robert Redford. Robert Redford. Yep. Like he looked exactly like a young Robert Redford. Yeah. That wasn't CG. That yeah. wasn't a deep and fake. You know that it is not Robert Redford. You also don't care. It kind of looks like him. That's great. That's fun. Yes. There you go. That's all you need. Equally. Point made. Right. That's the end of it. You honestly, you don't even need a guy that looks like Robert Redford. I could. You could just say this is young Robert Redford, and I go. All right. right. Same. Same. <laughs> same thing fun. with the with the girl in Rogue One. Right. 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 She like looks it. just like her. She's dressed like her. Right. Sold. Done. Yeah, you made your point. Mean, that's Don't, the woman. Right. Got that's it. Like, you just say the name and I'm on board. Like people get recast that's all it. the time. Everyone understands it. It's a made up thing. It's a movie. Like that's how it works. And the story itself was good. Like, listen, it's a very yeah. simple story. Girl is abandoned, raised by other people. Her father works for the empire, tries to save things, redeem her father. It's it's a great thing. It's a great story. It actually has logical goals involved, right? Right. right. And it was it was beautiful. This would uh, be a good movie if it wasn't Star Wars. Like it would also be a good like it is a good movie of Star Wars. And if you took all the Star Wars out of it, it would be a good movie. Good movie. <laughs> yeah. like, there you it's go. That's you guys you know are forgetting. It it's still a mishmash because it wasn't the original director. Yeah, no, and it's amazing that it's so fluid. It's, it did, did did pretty good. Like they, they yeah. well, if that even that's the case, and that's one of the best successes yeah. of a mishmash. Like it's thing. it's totally possible. Like they they, I think this is because uh, Gareth Edwards did stay on. I think if he didn't stay on, it would be a mess. And I think that mm. like because he was there to share that vision and be amenable to these changes and help make it work. 
that's why it works. I think that it does lead to uh, like there are problems with the movie and problems with the structure. Like I talked about with the, uh, the main, the main villain and then like choices, like the fucking, you know, the CG guys and all this. So, like, these are bad choices. They don't work, you know, but like in comparison to if we were talking about like episodes one through three, I mean, just like, those are bad movies that like, right. they, they're bad. They, they even have an the interesting ones with story. Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. They're just bad yeah. movies. They're, there's nothing you can even say about them. So like in comparison to where star Wars was like Rogue one is like citizen Kane, you know, it's just insane. It's a very, very, very good movie. There's flaws. It's not perfect, but like right. it is, it is a really, really solid picture that I, that I think people should get behind. That's I the way I, I feel a little bit like people are like, Oh Mandalorian is such a good show. It's like, Compared to anything else in yeah, Star Wars, a, yes. Very, you guys feel like anything else on TV, the, it's not that great. Yeah, it's a good show. You <laughs> guys feel to like Maid's Tale. Like fuck you. Come on. Yeah, sure. right. <laughs> I kind of feel like when you see too much of something, it kills your original vibe. That's yes. why yes. I like the first Star Wars. I did when I was a kid, but the second one I think is the best. Oh, the great. city in the sky thing. Brilliant. I love that movie. That, that that's movie, the that's a simple that. story too. That's yeah. a simple story. Yeah. But it's just when you keep regurgitating all these fractions and elements oh God, of it, yes. you lose so much. And well, it's, it's just the, it's so corporate right now. That's, that's all they're yeah. doing. Right. It's the, like it's the repetition of that imagery in this meaningless way that is a problem. Right. That's what that's what devalues the emotion. Because like this, it's like, and I talked about this a million times before, but to do the short form. The like we tend to the way we interact with Star Wars, and this happens with Star Trek as well. Dave, can, Dave, three D can talk about this. But the that the way we interact with Star Wars is that we see the scene in Star Wars where uh, Alec Guinness gives um, uh, Mark Hamill the lightsaber. This is like this is your father's lightsaber, and it gives a little speech with it where you're like, this is a powerful symbol of what. Uh, Luke wants to be, but is afraid of becoming. Like this is a very symbolically, that's what's happening. That's right. why, as a as a film film goer, you feel something because you care about Luke and you know what his sort of struggle is. And this becomes a symbolic object, and that's why the lightsaber is a powerful emotional thing to have as part of his character challenge. When uh, w- the way we look at it now is like, wow, that lightsaber really made me feel something. So why don't we have 500 fucking lightsabers yeah, on I screen know. all the time? Right. Like that should be 500 times the emotion, right? No, that's not how it works. No. Scarcity. Like, you have to tell a story. Scarcity. <laughs> scarcity. Make it important. Scarcity. That's exactly. been my new, my word of the week has been scarcity actually. Right. right. Why don't um, we do it in the Bahamas and then we can make it a club net? <laughs> God, right. Right. I was actually, yeah. I was, I was happy with the, uh, the setting for the end just because I'd never seen that setting, even though it was obviously a sandals right. uh, in a star Wars film before, which is, I was just like, thank God they're not on another copy of the desert planet or the, right. or the snow planet. Like show me something fresh. Yeah. Do something new, you know? And that's right. what's I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, well just logistically I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a, a a quick commercial break we those of you who guys who are subscribed to our channel will not see a commercial so we will continue chatting with you guys for a little, little bit but we're gonna take a two minute break if you guys need to use the restroom go ahead and do that and when we'll come back we'll continue probably talking about uh, Star Wars uh, and but we'll also find a way to transition into Mad Max. Fury yep, Road. That's true. That's absolutely All right. true. So with that, with that, we're going to be able to uh, show some ads. <laughs> All right. Uh, pre-roll uh, are disabled for 32 seconds. Okay, that's fine. 
Uh, cool. Uh, Eric, do you need to use the restroom? Is that what you do? You're standing up. Uh, yes. I do want to remind everyone uh, that's listening, obviously, that if you, uh, most of the guys who are still listening are either subscribers or uh, are somehow have gotten ad blockers on, or I don't know what's going on. But either way, we'd like your support. And if you can encourage other people to support us, that would be great. We're just yes, getting please. started with this whole finding a way to get us paid back. Eric and I have, and, and, and Dan have uh, put in a lot of money into getting. <laughs> This off the crown, and we're finally like, "Hey, we should monetize it." And so this <laughs> hey, is wait a minute, talking. money, <laughs> money, yeah. So it'd be great yeah, to sort of that that happen. And on top of that, we're actually looking at uh, doing more shows uh, during the week. So, like, yeah, to know what, what you guys think, think about that? Idea. Yeah, because yeah. like, uh, can I tell them the the, the rough details? Well, you got yeah. fifty nine seconds. Okay, seconds. so here it is what what we are thinking about is uh, doing more in the line of uh, what do you call them watch parties. Yeah, but we might be each taking on a watch party of our own during the week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, something like that. So uh, you might get to watch Eric draw or me blather or Chris tie some flies. Uh, and if that sounds while like a watching idea, a movie yeah. while watching a movie, uh, and and uh, and if you guys think that's a good idea, then please let us know because we want to try and increase our footprint on, on, on Twitch. Right. There you go. That was good. That was actually pretty That's good. You did that in 30 seconds. I have room so. for my Return of the Jedi rant now, if you want. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, God, no. Oh, God. Even Dave 3D guys like, I can't possibly. I can't possibly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're good. So, uh, anyways, I appreciate that. And so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll jump right back into Star Wars in the next uh, five, six seconds here. Nice. But uh, see, now we told you. There are secret things that are discussed. Yeah, all the ads are rolling, and everybody yes. who yeah, oh. like, yeah, everyone, so everyone, yeah, everyone is like, we talked about some super secret uh, uh, source right. codes uh, and, right. and available parts. People in the chat know stuff that you don't know because you're yeah. not a subscriber. Yet. That, that, okay, just people, <laughs> people in the chat, like, just curious this, because we're still learning all of this craziness. Which one of you guys saw an ad and which one, if you didn't see an ad, let us know. Let us know. It's like, I didn't see an ad. I would like to be curious about it. And if you guys were a subscriber or not a subscriber, we'd love to know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, let us know. And also, please feel free. Like, none of the, anything we said is not like proprietary yeah. information. Please feel free to disseminate right. stuff. We want to try and hear from people on everything. Nice. Nice. Dave got a subscriber. Uh, oh, he meant saw an ads. Okay. I saw ads. Uh, <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh, all right. Two ads for Captain Morgan. Nice. Two ads for Captain Morgan. Because, yeah. Because Martini, you're too drunk to miss the first Martini one. Kitty Giant means <laughs> Captain Morgan. Or maybe that's something to say about you, Kira Arts. <laughs> exactly. Dialed right in. That's what we're saying. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Anyway, so we'll get we'll get back into uh, what we're doing, and then we'll 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 let you know about uh, some of the things that's going on. Uh, but we'd. Uh, <laughs> Two and a drink. Thank you, McMuckin, man. That was perfect. <laughs> we got to make that a t-shirt, Eric. Two oh, and a man, drink. That, oh, no, a mug. A mug of some no, kind. Am I right? And I don't think he's here today, but uh, that was uh, uh, Museman. Was that Museman? Or was that, uh, oh, was that Todd's? That was a great, great moment. That was a yeah, great moment. That, that was, was a RoboCop really, watch party. It was a RoboCop watch party legendary. about putting two in a Chablis. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's <laughs> Clarence Boddicker moment, and there it is. <laughs> I would say, if yeah, like, I really want to... That was uh, McMuckey Man. <laughs> <'cause> I, <laughs> it, there was McMuckey Man. There it is. There it is. I knew it. It was new, one, one of the two. Mm -hmm. um, I like. I love doing the watch parties equally uh, to doing the podcasts. I think it's unbelievable fun, and the people that make it the most fun are the chat line, 
because some of these dudes are way funnier than any of us. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love, I love our watch parties. I it's love our watch truly, parties for sure. Truly, truly great. So, so yeah, we'll we'll tell you guys more about our watch party idea. For those of you who got ads, we mentioned a little bit. Uh, uh, for those of you who didn't have ads, we mentioned in that, but we'll mention again at the end some of the ideas we have there. Yeah, okay. so so here's the thing, right? So 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 Rogue One. Uh, I think is a really great story. I, I gave my pitch about why it like it had a structure and a restrictions that allowed it to be very creative and focused. Yes. As opposed right. to fan service. Right. And there is fan service in there. And I can almost guarantee you that was done by executives. That's, that's an executive producer choice. That's absolutely true. Yeah. We should get a little bit of R two D two or fucking C three PO in there. It's it like, causes God. me cramping pain whenever I see yeah. that stuff. It's like there's no clearer way to knock me out of a movie than than to do that. And right. I I don't like it to the point where like, I don't know what people get out of that. Like who like what is the payoff? Like oh they recognize that I like that and I'm watching. I mean you're already here. No, the payoff is the payoff is they want to go to a screening room and someone kids go yay R two D two right. Mm. That's what they want. Oof. Yeah, Ooh. that's hard. That's hard. That's hard. Yeah, I just can't take it. Listen, that you you got, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, Chewbacca in the Millennium Falcon. That's all I want. I'm going to the movie to see that. <laughs> that's right? really all I need in any movie. Right? It's like porn. I hate to say it. Just give me to the boobs. You know that's what I mean? Good. Just get get to business. Whatever yeah, you're into. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Now, now, <laughs> like I don't need all this. Like, so you're the pizza man thing. Like, just give me to the boobs, right? Yeah, like, it's <laughs> from Big Lebowski. My, I quoted this many times this week. Is when in Big Lebowski, she goes, "You can imagine where it goes from there." And he says, "He fixes the cable. <laughs> he fixes the cable." Funny. Yeah, that's right. No, that's why. Right. Like, just get to the business. That's Whatever you're there for, it, right? get get to the business. Jesus, yes. Do you guys remember the member berries? No. Yes, from uh, South Park. Yeah. South Park. Yes. Yeah. Member, member. Remember the six million dollar man? Remember. Yeah, that was great. That was so <laughs> cool. Berries. Remember when Mexicans used to be illegal? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Yeah, they're like there's so many, there's so much. Yeah. Star, Star Wars and Star Trek suffer from member berries. Like you, wouldn't member berries are toxic. It's the worst, the worst. And this is one like I, I was so fascinated when the new Star Wars came out and sort of wrapped up the first two in a burrito that made me enjoy the whole concept more. Because right. I can tell you, and this is no fault to J.J. Abrams, who I enjoy. At, also, because actually, you know, he directed the last. Um, he, re- he he directed the last uh, Star Wars movie, which I really liked. I did not like Force Awakens because that was a ne- big bowl of member berries, man. Just That's all it was. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, who is who cares? Well, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I've, I've walked into. Did you have you ever gone to um, uh, Bad Robot? Have you ever walked into offices? I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's like it's, it's like Willy Wonka. It's fucking lobby of member berries. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot it's, of fun, it's but it's, it's definitely fun. a bunch and of member super berries. Nice people, absolutely awesome people, very cool. Yeah. And there, they are. They, uh, you know, walking through there is a lot of fun. It is like a yeah. joyride, etc. Incredibly incredible, incredible. But place. that's not the only thing that's important. A story yeah. is important, and J.J. Abrams of all people should know how important a story is. Oh yeah, I mean, like Abrams, because I, I think Abrams is a is an incredibly talented director who uh, sometimes puts his focus on the wrong thing, and that's when things get slippery. I think that like right. it, with with that last Star Wars movie, he actually understood what the problem was very clearly, and he ended up making a very for me, it was a very emotional, very, very fun movie that sort of 
was sensitive as to what the problem was with the license he was trying to manage. Like it was very responsible. But that's it. It's just managing corporate. That's all it sure. is now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. it's it's very true. I mean, like it's it's a shame that it had to come to that. Like the best the best movie they could make was just you know like this weird down the rabbit hole you know uh, narcissistic mess. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, like that's where they're at. And like and I think that like if they like they're going to make more Star Wars movies. I'm sure you know like they will bring. Did they stop though for a while? Aren't they stopping? They had to put the, after because uh, Han Solo, a solo Star Wars story, uh, like it was originally going to be uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, Solo, a Star Wars story. And I think they're going to do Obi-Wan, a Star Wars story. And they were going to do that as its own little trilogy. But they, after Solo crashed and burned and it did really, really hard, uh, they put the brakes on everything. I think they're still going to be doing, an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie or a show uh, with Ewan McGregor. A musical? But, uh, you know, it would be actually great if they did that. Like, that would shake things up in a way that would make yeah. it interesting again. What if they did, they did, like, a Deadpool version of it? You know, like, oh, yeah, just exactly. total fucking crazy town. Yeah, because, like, uh, the thing that I can say positively about Last Jedi is, like, at least in Last Jedi was, like, it does feel different. Like, I really enjoyed that. I like that it was, like, a totally weird version of Star Wars. I didn't think it was... What, a- if you, what if you did, though, what if you did a Star Wars where Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's the Alec Guinness role, that's but it. it's One him... One of the greatest actors we, of all time. What it's him is a total, like, Peter O'Toole at 22, totally drinking, oh, like, God, w- yeah. womanizing, a total cad, came from right. a wealthy father... Right. And he's a total fuck up, and he finally opens up for this woman, and she is killed. Yeah, dude. This and is he it, goes right? back to a guy in a market and says, "You talked about this, whatever it is, the spirit, whatever the the force," right. and they teach him. But that's Did the movie. You guys so ever see? And this came out about I, mean, I want to say twenty years ago in the early 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 days of YouTube, or maybe this was even before YouTube. It was a series. It was a movie that this guy did called Troops. Did you guys ever oh, see? Oh, it's this? funny as hell. Yeah, it was great. It's classic. Yeah. It was, it was cops, but it was all the actual stormtroopers. And it was them. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. They just shot like uh, Luke's uncle. (laughs) Basically they said, you know, like when the, the two, the, 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 you know, when he, when Luke goes back and his, his, his uncle and aunt are dead, you look at it from perspective of troops. It was actually a domestic, uh, uh, (laughs) Disturbance. Yeah, exactly. It's cops. And like, and father like, actually killed themselves and yeah, the whole place down. They're like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I've, I've, worked on, is, I've worked this, on Thumb Wars. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's classic. Thumb Wars. Yeah. That's a classic right there. I didn't know that was that's That's good stuff. Thumb yeah. Wars. That was one of the very first. Awesome. Thank you, man. The YouTube link is exactly correct. Oh, beautiful. Truth. There it is. There it is. But yeah, with, I like what you're saying about Solo. Because, like, my feeling on, like, my one major criticism of Solo is, like, uh, is that Han Solo starts as sort of like a rambunctious, funny, you know, just outside the law kind of character and ends up as a slightly sad, rambunctious, funny, just outside the law. I mean, just like there, nothing happened to him. Like he, he ended up being the same guy. And then at the, uh, so if you put that right up against Star Wars, if this is supposed to be like, this is what happened before Star Wars, like at the end of Han Solo, he is not the guy who shows up in Star Wars. Like I'm right. like, because in Star Wars he's a fucking asshole and a murderer and a terrible person, and so I don't know why they were right. like, because they, they gave me Han Solo as he was 
like three movies in and they made that they made it as if that were who Han Solo right. was at this point and that's okay that's fine you can still make a good movie and it was a pretty good movie but like and so it isn't a continuity issue I just feel like there's a missed miss, missed opportunity because what you what I would have if you're gonna do if you're gonna make something that lines up with Star Wars say like okay so Star Wars starts with Han Solo being a uh, I don't care about the Force this is all nonsense I'll kill this alien without even thinking about it and i'm just all about the money and i don't care about anything that's he was like that in the first one well that's what this one's saying if that's your opening in the first one right right if that's your opening then you start this movie you start han solo a star wars story and you start off han solo in the beginning of this movie as a really idealistic hopeful young person who has joined the rebels right and then you tell a story about how he lost his faith everything was ruined and now he cares about nothing the end Right. right. That's a story. Like that's a powerful, sad story about a hopeful person being broken and giving up. And then when I watch Star Wars, now when I see Han Solo show up, I go, Oh shit. This puts a new spin on this movie. Because now I know right. he used to be something else, but now he is this. And that makes the experience of Star Wars more powerful. Why they didn't do that is a mystery to me. Instead, they give you like Han Solo, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride version of Han Solo, where it's just yeah, like, but that's what know. it is. And I'm just like, well, I, okay. Wanted to make it into a ride. Yeah. It's, I mean, they, yeah. it's, it's, and like, and then I later find out that, uh, what the, the dudes, what, what are the names? Uh, the guys who are directing the movie, they said they wanted to make, uh, what they were trying to shoot was a, uh, a McCabe and Mrs. Miller style right. Star wow. Wars story. And I was like, Oh shit, that's what would have worked. You tell a story about this guy whose life totally falls apart. He's chasing something that he believes in and it collapses all around him. And you know what the executive said? What's McCabe and Mrs. Miller? (laughs) No, no, they said, Is that a restaurant in Pasadena? (laughs) (laughs) Is that the one with those omelets that are really good? Oh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller's is delicious. Yeah, you gotta have Uh, a frittata. And his Uh, uh, point is like when Han said, I made the Kessler run. Uh, in 12 parsecs, whatever lure I pictured in my head was in, uh, in infinitely better than anything Disney exactly. could have shown me. Exactly. That is actually a true statement. And yes. Sometimes you don't need to fucking digest every piece of yes. information. And th- yes. now, I'm going to say, nonetheless, nonetheless, a lot of people died trying to get us this plan. I think that they pulled it off at Rogue One. Oh, without a doubt, because they, they gave not, a story there that was powerful. They saw, they everything. saw, and I, they saw there was a window that satisfied corporate, but they could still tell a story. Right. So right. they pulled it off with Rogue One when they take one line and they turn it into something, right. but they sh- fucked it up. With They're not trying Solo. to explain what Han Solo's right. name is, which they do in Han Solo, and it's embarrassing when they're just right. like when he goes up and it's just like, uh, "My name's Han. Uh, who are you with? Uh, no one. Ah, uh, Han." Solo, right, and then it zooms up on the guy and he winks and it puts up Han Solo. They may as well have done that anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. wah, 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 guy with a little that's how he got his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, who the fuck did that satisfy? What is that about? Why yeah. am I not watching a story right now? But like, that's that is the thing when when uh, and Jesus, you bring that up, like. Like there's this need, this nerd need, and I've felt this my whole life, obviously, is like there is a sense of mystery that is created by things like 
the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, or as you brought up earlier in the chat with the, uh, the battle at the Tannhauser Gate in Blade Runner. Like, the thing that happens is, you just said, the thing that happens in your mind from hearing that phrase is unfilmably awesome. Like, you will never be able to give me a movie that is the Tannhauser Gate in my mind. Don't do it. Don't even try. Because that's my movie. Right. Like, let that be a mystery because it's, but the movie that I make out of it is what fills out your universe that you're trying to sell me. And when you're making it, when you're making one of these franchise pictures or making anything like at all, and you're trying to world build, world building is when you give little ideas to the audience and they make up the story. That's how they feel that they're a part of it. That's what fandom is. That's why they feel uh, swept up in it because they're doing most of the work. That's why they fall in love with it. It's their ideas that make it go in their minds. And when you right. get into this idea of like, we must explain what this is, otherwise it's not valid, what? then it's destroying Where's the your mama? And like, if you go on Wikipedia or any of this other stuff, where it's like yeah, people can. are she trying to like, she's uh, still like, cut this up into an infinite supply of little details in order to justify their love of the thing, it ruins it. This is the mistake we constantly make. Like you fall in love with a movie because of the emotions of the movie. The lightsaber is powerful because of what it means to Luke, not because it's fucking cool looking. And then no matter how many lightsabers you put on screen or no matter how detailed you make the battle of Tanazar gate, you're not going to fill it in the way that I'm going to fill it in with my feelings. And when you get, when you get a movie like Rogue One, where they're like, we're going to take this little line and I'm going to give you something brand new. I'm not going to explain anything. I'm going to give you something brand new. That's right. why the movie is good. They made a movie. They told a story. They weren't explaining something. It's not a Wikipedia page. Right. But that's a great, that's a great point. Hayes. absolutely agree. 100%. So, uh, so I, I, I do want to transition to uh, to uh, the Mad Max thing because Mad Max has its definitely its root in in hardcore independent filmmaking, right? Mm -hmm. Weird sci-fi that was. What, when did the first Mad Max come out? Seventy-eight. Yeah, seventy-eight, seventy-nine, somewhere in there. Okay, I think so America around was the same time, right? Yeah, basically, basically, basically around the same time as 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 Blade New Runner and as New Hope. Yeah, but very weird and independent films, right? right. So, uh, so uh, very strange. Um, and I was shocked how long it took to make. Right. Like, was oh, go ahead. I was shocked to find out how long it took to make. Well, the first oh, one, the the, the, the the Mad Max Fury Road was yeah. five years. I think no, ninety eight. Ninety eight years. No, they started in. He started writing in ninety eight. In ninety eight, yes. Oh, Fury Road. Yes. yes, 2001, they were right. setting in pre-pro, and 9-11 happened. Yep. Then they started again in uh, – he went to do Happy Feet, and then, like, 2010. It, it went on forever, dude. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, they went into I mean, that happened, I mean, for God's sakes, Alita Battle Angel has been in production for 20 fucking years. Right. You know, but, like, the, the liberal times. production of uh, Fury Road, once they actually got sort of at least greenlit to per proceed, right. uh, like, was about four years, about four and a half years. Right. And, and it just went on and off and on and off. And, like, I remember articles coming out, like, what the fuck is George Miller doing out in the desert? And Tom Hardy's ruining his career by, you know, it's like it was like an Apocalypse Now story. They're just like, right. they're ever going to be done, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like, and it turns out, that it takes a lot of time to make a movie like that. And when you actually give a filmmaker that much time, they can do incredibly good work. And you give them their space. 
give them their space. Yep. Give them their out. space. Don't say, you know what? We need R2-D2 in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, beep, it, beep, beep, beep. Oh, uh, actually, yeah, I have to uh, step away from the camera from just one minute. Okay. Um, please continue. I, I now, like after having talked about Rogue One, I have to say, Chris, I think I see the connection you're going to make. Mm-hmm. With this, uh, with with Fury Road, and oh, uh, we've, we've known each other for too long. I, I, I'm really I'm excited. To hear. I have, yeah. I'm excited. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to make it ha- make it happen naturally. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah. I'm going to step away for one second. I'll be right back. Yeah. So, what are yeah. your thoughts on Fury uh, initial? My thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I I I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, it's but I did not like it as much the the first time. I what was it. your initial feeling the first time that made you? Well, and Dan just feels like he wants to go. I don't know what's going. On. <laughs> He's on camera. I'll please. be right back. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the I mean, I, you guys can go back and listen to my thing. Like I thought, I, I thought it was okay as a film. Um, I thought it was okay for uh, as a film the first time. But we talked about it in the context of all the Mad Max movies. And that was also interesting, right? Because if you look at the very first Mad Max film, that's the one that's the most different than all of them because there's still a level of civilization that happens, right? That's right. It's a little bit, it's slightly futuristic, but there's still civilization around them, right? It's a cop, cop and robbers film. It's really a cop and robbers film, right? And then you go the key in is the civilization, which you don't get in the others. Right. And then when you get to the second Mad Max, Mad Max two, which was not, what's was not Thunderdome. Was the, that's road warrior. I think it's the road, no, road warrior. warrior. Road yeah, warrior. I love right. That movie. Right. Uh, that one was post-apocalyptic and to the, 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 the extreme, right? Like, and that was like, Oh, you know, the, okay. Crazy stuff going on. And it was cool and great and that was like oh you're bringing me into a completely different world that's very interesting and then we had a discussion about mad max 3 and dan and i have both agreed and i'm going to totally say his opinion while he's gone uh that uh it was a there was a lot of missteps there you got tina turner involved you've got maurice jean involved you've got a plot not maurice jean uh, yeah it was maurice jean who wrote the soundtrack to it didn't quite make sense um but i didn't think it was a complete disaster i actually enjoyed thunderdome as a kid when i watched it again as an adult i was like yeah it's kind of shitty right but what was interesting is that there was an interpretation that is that is like all the mad maxes they don't actually need to be have any continuity between them they barely you know what i mean like yeah. it doesn't really matter. Like you're not going, okay, where where is the reference to the previous movie? It's just another film, right? And so Fury Road is a well, lot the same. The only lines. continuity is is the world is, is post apocalyptic. Yeah, that's it. Right. So so that's the only continuity that's going on there, which is interesting. And then there's a guy named Max and he's a kind of a loner, right? So uh uh so that's basically, you know, the, what's interesting. Dan, are you? I'm back. back. You're back. Oh, wait. Oh, did you kill your camera or kill your feed? Oh, I, I turned the no, camera off. I didn't kill the feed. Okay. All right. You're back. All right. Yeah, feed, feed's okay. The um, I just turned you're off the camera. You're good. Button. You're good. You're good. I just want to make sure I don't have to reconnect you. Yep. 
good. Anyway, I talked about how much, uh, like, just, uh, you know, since you were gone, I said, you know, Dan's favorite Mad Max film is Thunderdome because he loves Clearly. saxophones and yes. he loves Tina Turner. Yeah. And that is the most important part of Mad Max is saxophones and Tina Turner. Well, I mean, until they can finally make a movie that explains the love of saxophones in the future. Right. It really fills out that detail gap because it's the yeah. only thing that it's a lit me. I love the saxophone when I see it, when the guy's like really wailing on it. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm still we like, don't need another hero. Dan. Why Come do on. saxophones exist? Like, right. can we have a movie about that? Yes. Let's talk about it. Sorry to buy that from saxophones. Or, <laughs> or why do we need a bunch of drums on the back of a pickup truck or in, uh, with a guitarist in the front? Same. It, it, I think that answers itself. Yes. <laughs> Same thing. Anyway, um, uh, so anyway, so so the point being, we I, I want to basically establish like there is no need for continuity between Mad Max films. They kind of make that a doesn't matter, right? Yep. It's just a guy named Max, and here's a general world that it lives in. I'm going to give right. you a story, yep. and that is kind of once you start to embrace that, it's kind of a little bit liberating as well. Which is kind of nice. Again, you're like because you put his, yourself in his position. You're trying to survive on some level as well, right? So you can see his 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 own kind of sticking to his own guns. Part of me, to... part of me was trying to figure out, like you know, the first time I saw the film, I was like, so he has all these visions of these kids, right? Of these these young young girls that are like going to him. I was like, is that from Thunderdome? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. And I'm like. Actually, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, right? So it's not part. There's no actual need. He's traumatized by something that involves kids. Yes, like you, it's some weird He's flavor a, of a history, right? Right. And and what what it really feels like, and why, uh, especially Fury Road is really interesting because, like, um, Fury Road is, and a lot of like, I have no um, sympathy for these for these clowns at all but there are lots of folks who didn't like fury road because mad max is not the main character of fury road like the main the primary character that you're following is furious is furious furious story is Sigourney furioso yeah mad max is an important conduit to the story ah yes this is what i'm about to say yes. is that <laughs> the the brilliance of mad max in it's, this case yes is that he is the person who changes in the film yes so he yes. is in fact the primary character yes. like he is like, the audience i am going to take audience. you through a journey i'm going to yes. take you through this journey and you're right. going to experience a reason to change and you're going right. to experience that because you met furiosa yes as an the audience story, member the story and as a as as a yes. person the, the story the story of furiosa like her change of heart opens my heart is what the movie is like that right. is the idea of the film and right. uh well, and so what she represents which is femininity which goes back to wavy about the daughter mm -hmm. maybe that's a daughter who who, 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 who represents Furio i'm sorry furioso and femininity furioso and, and, and very, all the older women eventually because there sense, is a right? strong female character there right. and the milk in the truck she's yeah, carrying the, it's the it's the earth mother sense right, right. Yeah. and like this is the like because the movie is uh i 
I, like I read this as an extremely feminist film. Like this is it's a, a very, 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 very feminist film. And uh, didn't he lose his wife and daughter in the first yes, one? Right. And, and it's uh, like, and it's a, it's and like that, <laughs> that what this movie attempts is so difficult to navigate just on its own. But, uh, that he's this is not only a um you know and uh a, you know like a uh a, a guy who's making this movie and these movies are normally about mad max and it's a very guy centric action blah 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 setting and people imagine it to be right mm-hmm. uh and then you're telling this story that is like uh like it's not instead of like it's not opposite that but it's engaging something that it's never engaged before and so during the production like um uh Miller had on um, like part part of the production crew was a feminist writer who uh, who's famous essayist who worked with him to make sure what he was saying was on point. Like, he's just like, we have so many, uh, so much imagery and so many moving parts of this thing. I don't want to accidentally fuck this up because I don't have this particular perspective myself, but I want to open the stage for this perspective because like, and this is why he chose, like he tells the story via like you can't just make the movie uh, uh, strictly from her point of view, um, because by including Mad Max, that is that is Miller. You know, like he is in there going, "This is why this." I'm telling you how this changed my view by experiencing this, and then that's why it can become a personal story from a director's standpoint. And I think that like being that mindful is not something that uh, you normally see in any giant franchise action picture. But it's really the only something that you can do if you're allowed the time to do that as a writer, which is yeah. what like this is this 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 movie was, you know, like this was really in his mind and everything to do with Furiosa has lived large in his mind longer than Max has. You know, he's because he's making a new movie to continue Furiosa's story. Right. Um, yeah. So like this is more important to him than Max. Right. You know, Max is is interesting up to a point. But it has to move beyond that, and that's I think that's 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 why this movie um, is 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 so groundbreaking to me. Not only in what it's saying, but it's just in the uh, way that they approached it. Here, okay, so Jesus, and this is this is going to be an important part because this is this is related to Rogue One and all of the Star Wars stuff, right? And Dan, you and I are going to agree a, a million percent on this. Mm. I hate to say anything above a hundred percent, but I just said a million because most people say <laughs> a thousand percent, which is ten times more than the That's maximum. A lot of <laughs> but, but and I said, and I said, oh no, I'm going to up it to a million percent, which is you know ten thousand times more than than, than right. the maximum. But I'm, I'm going to. I've got you. You 100% agree with me. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. This says, "What? There's a crazy amount of backstory on Immortan Joe that's not in the movie. That is where it belongs, mm-hmm. not in the movie. Yeah. And yeah. That's you feel it in the movie. Character is powerful because mm-hmm. you can feel it. Yep. You can feel the backstory without yep. it necessarily needing to be no explained. No one fucking sits you down and tells you. No. And yep. what, what Star Wars feels it needs to do is like, oh, no, let's give you an exact detail story of this one piece of detail, right. just like we were talking about the Kessel Run, right. that you feel it needs to be explained. Sometimes it's a good one, and sometimes it's not necessarily yeah, but that's, but that's the whole thing, though. Star yes. Wars was sold by the creator as a franchise. Yes. Yes. George Miller is there saying I made a film 30 years ago or whatever it was and this is continuation of my vision he's helming the thing straight yeah. forward he's the artist but he's, no not the he's, franchise. he's making it as another film no, right. that's right and so when Lucas made it as a franchise 
or sold it, he made it a franchise and yep. everything else. He made it a business. Like, he made it a business. And that's all he did. Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly so. And because the thing is like I there's a there's a debate on Twitter that I was just a part of that I, like someone had brought up like um uh you know like the the show don't tell argument, right? Um and said like right. some like sometimes the argument was and I don't I don't mean the cast listen in a bad light, but I disagree with show them. don't tell or tell don't show. Uh, like uh, show don't tell is the is the sort of maxim of uh, of many of many of many filmmakers. Like when you talk about making a great movie, you want to show don't tell. Like don't don't do the Star Wars thing of like I'm just going to explain to you all this fucking Wikipedia nonsense about a backstory as if that's important, right? Uh, and uh, the argument that this person was making was, oh, but here's an example of telling being so much better than showing, uh, which is when. Quint delivers the Indianapolis speech in Jaws, right? And like on the surface, that's a pretty good argument because he is telling a story about the Indianapolis. And I understand what they're saying. But the fact is, Jaws is not about the fucking Indianapolis. Like right. the backstory of the Indianapolis has nothing to do with what Jaws means. It's just an example of what Jaws means. What the, the, that scene with Schneider and, uh, and, uh, uh, and Shaw and, uh, oh, Close Encounters. What's his name? Uh, Richard Travis. Like yeah. the uh, like that that scene is about those guys in that moment. All right, it's and where him? Quint. It's about Quint. Quint. And Travis. not only that, like yes. it's a, it's you. about Quint. Like Quint telling the story is the subject. The story is not the subject. Like we are showing Robert Shaw being terrified in the context of telling a story. That's what is happening. It doesn't matter what the fucking story is. It's showing that he there is something that terrifies him profoundly, and you see it on his face. That is what is actually happening in the scene. What's it's the name of Shaw's dead. character on Jaws? Oh, it's Quint. Uh, Quint right. Quint. And so okay. Quint, I, I have a story. I'm going to – but remind me, I have a story about Quint when you finish your point. Yeah, so the 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 that scene – is about what is happening between these three dudes. You're watching Quint, who has been hard ass and fearless the whole time, reveals in his face that he is terrified. And you see these other two characters see that happen and they go, oh fuck. And you they their reactions reveal where they are at. That is happening in the scene. That's not happening in the 1940s. Yeah. On the and, but it's also it's it's a way to is that you had Dreyfus who was a scientist, his yeah. sense of knowledge right. was a different sense of knowledge than Quint. It really wasn't about Scheider because Scheider always was scared. He doesn't right. like both. Well, Scheider, oh, Scheider's Scheider's like Max, he's the vehicle of the he's story. The, exactly. Like, yeah, I he's know, going on, right? <laughs> hold on. On no, the boat, right. he's like, I'm afraid of boats. They yeah. established that so early. Yeah. We already know that. But what we don't know or what we presume is that Dreyfus is correct because of science and what he does. But right. in fact, it's not that. Yeah, like it's Dr. Fauci. History. Right. It's, <laughs> but it's history. Right. And, you know, I have another angle to this. Right. And surprisingly, yeah. I could be the one on top, possibly. Right. But well, the point is, history. Shider is, is not brave. In the beginning of the movie, he is not brave, right? He is afraid. He is, in fact, moved away from New York because he is afraid of the fucking shit that he saw in New York. So he moves to an Island. Right. Like, like that's, that's what he says in the movie. Right. And then, right, right. and he's, he, and he, and he's like, one of my favorite lines in Jaws is when, uh, when um, um, uh, Dreyfus says, it doesn't make a lot of sense for a guy who's afraid of the water to live on an Island, you know? Uh, and I think maybe I got that backwards, but you got what I'm saying. Like, it's just like right. this dude has isolated himself to try <laughs> to protect himself from his own fears. Right. His and, 
his yeah like and and what ends up happening is that he is in like he is transposed to the boat where he is surrounded by the thing he fears the most which isn't even the shark it's the sea right right he is terrified to even be here and the shark is just the point of that spear. And right. so when you watch that scene, especially when they're like discussing scars, like Quint's like, oh, look, I took up my tooth. And then, uh, and, uh, and Dreyfus is like, look at this is where a, 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 a more eel brushed my wet, wetsuit. And it cuts to Scheider and he pulls up his shirt, looks at his own appendix scar. And is like, I'm not going to share that scar. I'm going to look like a fucking idiot. Right. And that's where, you know, they're like, all of this stuff is about character. And so when Star Wars, where Star Wars misses the boat most of the time, and most of these franchises miss the boat is, and especially everything on fucking television now, it's like they tell you these backstories as if the backstory is part of the story. Like right. the backstory is not the story. The backstory is just Con- something context. <laughs> yes. It's context. So you can see the story, which is happening on the character's face. That's the story. All right. Like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a backstory then. Uh, <laughs> Do it. The, so, so the character of Quint is based on a real person that uh, is uh, based out of uh, uh, Long Island uh, up near what's the, what's the tip of Long, Long, Long Talk? Talk? Yeah, okay. And uh, the, there's a bunch of the guys that I know from my fly fishing group. They all know him as a real person. No right? kidding! Oh my god! Yeah. So he, apparently he's absolutely crazy person and 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 a total hardcore badass and now in during my my like i said i i do i am on this zoom with all these hardcore old school uh fishermen uh that are quite famous right uh some of them are like quite famous actually uh and they're telling me these stories of that guy right and uh apparently there's a story of him that one of the guys went on a on a, on a trip with and it was on a boat and he was on this boat and they found a floating dead whale in the water and all these sharks were feeding on the whale. That's bananas. Right. right. And he was trying to hook into a shark, that guy, the Quint character guy. And what he did was he jumped in the fucking water, swam to the dead carcass of the whale got on top of it, Jesus Christ. cut out a piece of flesh from the whale, poked it into a piece of bait, tossed it into the water, and swam back to the boat and hooked the Bravo, shark. Bravo. <laughs> yeah. That is the most insane, badass thing I've ever heard. It's like, no, yeah. Yo, you guys are eating some whale meat? Don't worry. I'll get some whale meat. I'm like, yeah. That's okay. It's all right. <laughs> so 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 that is that is that is the, the the real life character that's based on quint and i forgot his name i can ask al it's like who the that's hell incredible. is that guy yeah, but uh, but yeah that's amazing yeah but yeah like that's, yeah yeah like yeah. Uh, like that's the thing is like the you know like what you want to bring across is those emotions like that's the whole right. point of doing this stuff yep no it's not a Let bunch of facts more, oh hit it good was that Oh, he's going to get some more. He's getting some more coffee. The, um, uh, but yeah, like the, and this was brought up in the chat a little bit earlier when they were talking about, uh, uh, if I can actually scroll up to this, I saw that the thing was brought up. Yeah. So Alan Schneller brings up, uh, same rule for her and nothing will ever be scary as what's in your, as what's in your head. unless you go balls to the wall and make the thing. Now, and I, what I really, I liked about that, Alan, is that I think, I think about that a lot. I'm like, why does that, why does it work? They show the monster all over the place in the thing. 
right? Uh, it, yet the movie works incredibly well. And that's because the actual monster of that movie is you can't trust any of these guys. Like you, like the, the monster is, is fear. And the, the, the physical monster is just a, is just a, you want to show that as much as possible because that's just a, an example of what's waiting for you. But it isn't the really scary thing. This really scary thing is distrust, right? And so when you get to things like using a story in Jaws, the story is there to bring the audience in and show them how fucking scared these guys are so the audience is scared, right? And mm -hmm. so when you, when you go to Star Wars... And they go like, okay, we're just going to detail this shit uselessly. There's no emotion attached to it, so it doesn't work. But when you get to Fury Road, the vagueness of what is happening, like you've seen the Mad Max movies, and this sort of aligns with it. But Max is nuts, and he doesn't remember this very well, and everything is wrong, and it's not even the same actor. Like All that stuff is rolled up into something powerful. Like right. it's used. Like the bat, your the the nebulousness of this backstory becomes the tool by which they make you distrust. Like you take Max's point of view, like he doesn't trust anybody. This place is a madhouse, you right. know. And like and so it puts you emotionally in that same spot. And the idea of the only thing that is the only thing that happens in that movie is Max learns to trust someone. That is the entire story of Fury Road. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's what right. happens in the film. And that's why it's beautiful. But also, what's his name? The other guy also goes to the same lesson. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, actually, it's all levels it's, of that. Well, that's actually more important, actually. I think it's more important that because who is the other character who's... who's who The young guy, Nux. Uh, yeah, Nux. Nux. N-U-X. Nux, yeah. They, they come through the same conclusion from a completely yes. different mm -hmm. point of view. Yes. Yes. And that's the journey that they both go through, right? right. And they right. do that completely consequent, like without like it being beaten over their heads. Right. And th that's the beauty of it because like Nux becomes an example of what is going on in Max's heart. Like, like this is the young guy and he's, and all, yeah. these, all of his feelings are very, Beautiful very characters. Oh, it's incredible. It, it, the, the structure of this movie is it just incre it's just insane to me and it's made all the more insane that there's almost no dialogue in this film like it's yeah, only and the art direction is it's extraordinary everything yeah. is part of the same piece they everyone knows the story they're telling and everything is focused on telling that story and so like the uh the cinematography the way that it's cut and everything is aimed towards not explaining shit or telling you things it's letting you feel them and make those connections in your head like you understand like the complexity that's everyone's like, Oh man, you know, like there's no talking. So it's not complex. Like there's like 15 fucking characters in that movie. And I understand the different relationships that all of them have between all of them because yeah. of why watching how they act towards each other and how those things change, you know? And so the movie is jam packed with these moments. Like when you see uh, like Max takes the shot at the guy with the rifle and he misses, and then he knows he's only got one more bullet. And Furiosa is like in the background, please just let me take the fucking shot. And she and, uses his shoulder, don't breathe. Yeah, and, right. and he, you can see a moment on his face, like I want to make, I want to do this myself. Like you can see it in his eyes. And then he goes, like that doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm going to give this to you. And like that little tiny thing is just an exchange with the way they look at each other. And you go, that's the first step in his change. 
Like this yeah. one little high pressure moment where he accepts this much, you know, or in the fight when he first fight, uh, when uh, like right, he's got the the face mask on, like he has this face at the mask window on. and he's trying yeah. to saw it. Yeah. And, and, and he's there, but he's, he lets the super hot, uh, uh, Kravitz's daughter, Zoe yeah, Kravitz. Yeah, oh. like everybody, everyone in this movie is just incredible. And like looking like, and Elvis's everything else. granddaughter. Yeah, Elvis's right. granddaughter. Like, and, and he's uh, yeah, he's like the whole time. This, trying to but cut he this does trust her. So they, they, they also did, he also played up the 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 skinny shutter trick quite a oh, bit. Oh yeah, yeah, and oh and God. yeah, like fast. What like, was the technique behind that? Motion. That was like yeah. A, yeah, that's all it is. They just yeah. overcrank it. Yeah. Well, they do two things. They do. Like, Chris is bringing up the skinny shutter, which is like when you when you essentially close the shutter on the um, on the camera, so, so you get only, less motion blur. You had no motion blur at all, so it's like bup, 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 very stuttery. Saving Private Ryan does this, right? Mm-hmm. But they also do something that's incredibly hard to do well, which is speeding up the film, and like yeah. they they speed ramp the film like in, like incredibly fast in very short bursts for certain actions, and to. Uh, connect you emotionally. They don't actually speed up the film. They slow down the film so that it's sped up when you play it in real time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they slow down the recording of the film so it chops forward. Right. 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 Uh, So the frame rate is much lower and so it moves much faster. So what did they record it at? 15? Yeah, something like that. And so they they use this very, very sparingly. Is this shot on film or shot digitally? I'm assuming digitally. Uh, It was was film, digital, and the Canon or the Canon uh, 5D. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember reading that. That's crash cams. Yep, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Using the tools you need, right? And like, and so you have these. Which is getting to my getting to my my bridge point (laughs) between this and Rogue One. Here we go. That's (laughs) the beauty of this movie is that this movie is here to do one to tell one story, and every aspect of production, every single one, understands what they're aiming at. Yes. It's and a, they, it's they a all singular go goal of telling them a narrative. Yeah. It's not trying to appease fans. Exactly. It is not trying to do anything. It's not trying to showcase big visual effects or anything right. of that nature. Now, that being said, it was a huge fucking lie when they put this movie out. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the and I'm going to get down because and this was <laughs> yes. this was when the exec what this was an executive producer decision to do this. Yes. Not the filmmakers, and I'm going to get back to them. And those are the assholes who fuck up the film. They basically tried to pretend that no CG was There's used no in this CG. film, which is, is clearly, so much clearly a lie. It's insane. There is it's so insane. much CG. But it's there to service the story, and you don't notice it there, which is what is good CG. Yes. As you opposed to Princess Leia saying hope. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, uh, we are all obviously anyone who's new to the podcast will know that uh, the three of us are all uh, VFX folks. We have right. worked in CG and uh, visual effects for many, many years. Uh, we are very familiar with uh, not only how all this stuff is done, and we know all the backstories. We know. The we know how to do it. <laughs> uh, we know how to do it. We're good at it, and it's uh, mm-hmm. and it's good, and it's a it's not sometimes not the most profitable business, but it's a really, really enjoyable business. Of great it's a shitty it. business. Yeah, the, uh, but the. Uh, the the key thing that we hear all the time uh, is unpleasant. It's the key thing we hear all the time when you just go on Twitter, go on film Twitter, and and just look, search for CG. First of all, actually search for CGI. Anyone right. who says CGI is going to be saying the following: CGI messes up movies. Yes. Yep. First of all, and so, no, and so, nobody so in the business I, says I, CGI. I, nobody. So, <laughs> I, I, I will tell you this, and you guys can. Do, 
I went to the VS, not the VS, sorry. I went to the Bake Offs, which is the last step before they nominate the Oscars for films, right? So on the Bake Offs, they usually round it down to 10 films that are going to be nominated, that are possibly nominated. And then the Bake Offs is the last step before they come up to the last, the, the five films that are actually nominated for the Oscars. Right. And Mad Max Fury Road was amongst those films. And it was the most awkward presentation ever. They're trying because they're that they because, because, because of the following, right? There's a big portion. Remember that everyone who's in the Academy as part of each branch of the Academy, the visual effects branch, they're there and they're grandfathered in. It's like the Supreme Court, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore, there is a ton of people in the Academy on the visual effects branch that are practical effects people. Yes. Those people hate computer graphics yes. because it ruined their jobs and their careers yes. because now everything's done in computers, right? So they, the people who are presenting Mad Max specifically were had to basically try to get on their knees and, 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 and say everything was done practically and suck the dicks of all the practical <laughs> effects people so that it's they could basically say, <laughs> look at all of this stuff. Please nominate us for an Oscar because you love practical right. effects. Now, there was a lot was of practical really effects bad? that were really done. Bad? Yes, absolutely. 100%. It really was. There really was a lot of practical effects, right. but basically someone asked them what was done in CG and the guy who's like fucking responsible for it is like, I can't tell you the studio won't allow me to tell you. Yeah, wow. it, it, I'm supposed to only talk about the practical effects when clearly there's at least 3000 shots that were done in CG in this film. Yeah. This is like, well, I, I totally agree with you. And my, That's this depressing. is like, I've, I've I've had uh, up and down feelings about the Oscars my whole life for many 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 reasons, but that particular event, I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, what is going on?" Because this is CG is a bad so word weird. in Hollywood right now. Right. This was during the whole. This was during the life of Pi Days and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, like, all this. I'm is gonna actually. St I'm gonna. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm gonna good. do this. Uh, uh, I, I am. Th this is very heated, and I want to. I want to take a little cool down because I'm gonna get too excited about it. So I'm gonna actually say I'm gonna. We're, we're gonna take a two minute ad break, Eric. You and Dan, you can continue talking to the people who have subscribed about whatever the hell they want to do, uh, and do that, and then we will. We will uh, get through uh, this conversation in some way. But, all right. <laughs> we're only gonna come back more heated. I tell you. Yeah, I Captain Morgan, here we come. There you go. Okay. So, uh, so. So, so uh, we're taking a two-minute ad break. I'm going to use a restroom, and I'll, I'll be right back, guys. All right. Roll it. Roll it. That All right. Good. Yep. Man, oh, man. Feisty business. <laughs> so right around the time of that, you were you at the bake-off for that one? I was not at the bake-off, but I was very, I was very aware of everything, everybody, everything that was going on. I, was, I, I knew everybody who was you know, uh, tangentially involved with this. And I, th I think that it's like it's fascinating to me that like I think is man I'm, I don't feel as hardcore as Chris does about it. Like I, I definitely see this as like I understand the business decision that's happening here. Like, it, like the the fact is the Oscars are a business. You know, it's part of yeah. your business plan in order to sell your movie, and the Oscars have to make money. And the, like you're like the only reason films care about the uh, filmmakers and producers care about the Oscars really is as leverage for their uh, for their uh, brand. You know, for the yeah. brand of the film and the brand of the filmmakers. And you have to decide on a sort of a, a strategy 
uh, about how you're going to approach that. Uh, and that's always obviously been true, but like, it's never been so starkly true as it was uh, in that. Yeah. Well, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. They're literally saying there's no, they're saying there's no CG in this movie. And as I'm I'll say, when you come back, like that movie is to the gills packed with CG to the gills. Like no, it's such a dumb, dumb way to approach it. I mean, it's so obvious if you've worked in the business, right? You could get that. Anybody who knows anything about that stuff, yeah, exactly. And that's and I think that like it's you know like these are all just uh, you know like this is just sales. It's just sales. And like there's a certain like when I watched it, I felt like some last little part of my heart about the Oscars and like the romance of the Oscars. I was like, oh, it's dying. It's dying right. That's sinking. In, it's sinking like a stone because that was very revealing of well, uh, when you, when you actually go to the bake-offs and you see how things, decisions are made and you see the kind of questions people are asking, they're right. like, so sorry, well, sorry, we're back. We're back. We're back for those. There it is. Hey, we're back. Yeah, uh, like, and, and still heated. I think it's fair to say we're still heated. I'm still heated. <laughs> oh, okay. interesting. <laughs> so McMuckin man said his ad included Coinbase. Nice. I fit Amazon nice. explore discover and timo right yeah that's interesting see what the like it's i think it's just as revealing of our audience <laughs> yes 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 exactly very curious, very curious. Um, exactly but, all right yeah. so but yeah, uh, so so anyway that the, the point the point like so the the fact is there's a shit ton of cg in mad max and there's a shit ton of practical and what makes Mad sorry Fury Road and what makes Fury Road so good is that they are completely not at odds with each other. In yeah. fact, they are so good you can't tell. Yeah, they're helping where each it other and where it, it ends. They they are using the right tool for the right job at every moment in that movie. Like they're like, what did, was this better, practical or CG? Practical. Okay, well we're gonna build the CG that's gonna be around it around the practical stuff we shot so it integrates perfectly. Like right. that's how you're supposed to do it. There's no like there like in in terms of visual effects like when you're doing visual effects right. like you are not standing up saying no it has to be CG that's the only way it can be the only people who fucking say that are executive producers who want control in post that's it yes and 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 we can say this for uh 100% because when we did the V-Ray IRL short mm -hmm. we did no CG at all in it at all and we're CG people yeah, and that exactly. was. You want to make a good movie? That was the joke. We were sitting there with our DP, who was, you know, who was a, 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 a not a CG person, and he's like, "Wait, why aren't you just putting green screen behind the car?" I was like, "No, because white, it's a lot of fucking white. work." <laughs> exactly. We can get it in <laughs> just, camera. Let's get it in camera. White and blown out, and then we won't have to deal with any CG at shit. all. And they're like, "But you guys know how to do it." It's like exactly. We know how much yeah, work. That's it why takes. we're not going to do it because it's too fucking. <laughs> it's too much work. Make it look good. If you can shoot it this way, just make it look good. It's fine. Right. So. So anyway. But yeah, this is the to give everyone else the idea. Like the like CG was a you know like since Jurassic Park was a massive turnover in the industry of special effects and visual effects right. um, because uh, lots and lots of people lost their jobs because they couldn't make the transition from physical to digital. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so it was actually, it was a very painful time where a lot of incredibly talented artists just had to you know, fucking find something else to do with their lives. Some people did and some people didn't. Some people did and some people didn't. Some people, yeah. like we worked with some incredibly uh, talented, like Dan Platt, for instance, an incredible sculptor, yep. um, made a, a very successful transition between 
like live sculpting and uh and uh and cg and so um, did so did aaron sims by the way yep, aaron exactly. sims. Yes. yeah that's yeah. right and so the, like there, there are people that were just like i'm see how the boat's turning and i'm gonna turn with it and they, yep. they went for it and some and, people said fuck that shit right yeah. and, and they then, and they lost yeah and they took it on the chin right and that's it's how like it people goes. say no i'm never gonna buy an electric car <laughs> exactly and like, okay and enjoy the bus yeah exactly <laughs> that's how it works yeah. um yeah. but the smartphones are for suckers yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly dude. and so like this this smartphones uh are for suckers <laughs> like, like so there that. was a there was a very it was a very traumatic and painful time for a lot of people as they got phased out you know um and there are people like and there's there's people like tom saramond Who's fucking yeah. awesome and one of the yep. nicest people I've ever worked with in my entire life. Tom worked on Empire Strikes Back, animating Tom Toms, right? Yeah. And he is now doing total VFX CG stuff for you know Fast and the Furious movies and all this shit. And he just he just learns and learns and learns and learns and learns. He just figures yeah, that the, the problem the, the thing about Tom and I love Tom. He's great, but he never really had an ambition to do anything beyond that, which is fine. Yeah, he, like he adapts to what like he wants to do this one thing, and he figures out how. He, to yeah, he figures through. out how to do it. Yeah. Well, who was the other guy? There was a guy at DD for years and years and years and years. He was a roto artist, mm -hmm. and uh, he's he's he learned how to roto by painting on glass on Empire Strikes Back. Holy shit! Wow. That wow, was the first time he like, and he continued to be a roto artist. Crazy, yeah. right? So we're, he we're continued to be a roto artist, guys like that, yeah, for 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 a long time doing yeah. that stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah. But yeah, so like the the advent that's all he wanted to do, and he's like, right. you know, and this. So when was that? The nineteen? When was Empire? Like probably in the, 80, 80, right. So that's when he started doing it, and then I knew him in two thousand and and three and four, right? Absolutely. So, wow. yeah. Or yeah, like right. uh, I know, yeah, like we knew, we uh, we both know people that. Were Iron, like, there you go. That's exactly right. Yep, Jesus, that's Jesus. There you go. Nicely done. Nicely, nicely done. Yeah, Byron. Like, yeah. Byron like, Werner. Yep. Yes. Right. And uh, and gosh, like we know uh, folks who worked on Blade Runner, did sculpts on Blade Runner. We know. Is this were you at DD at the time? Where 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 were you? I'm just I'm just trying to figure out where if I, if I know you or where where I know you. But yeah, he was. Oh, by the way, Byron was also very famous for being on a on a chat channel or a chat email called life at digital domain um uh 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 <laughs> he's and, a surrealist artist and librarian now wow i don't even need right. to know that backstory that's so beautiful <laughs> yeah and he moved he moved to new mexico right uh yeah i guess i do i, I do know you anyway anyway oh man well, that's gonna be interesting whoever that yeah, is but yeah that's, but i remember okay so my, my, my other favorite byron story was uh and i couldn't remember his name uh, but uh, he he was he was quote unquote retiring, and uh, it was his last day at DD. And I think he was moving to New Mexico, and apparently he turned into a, a surrealist artist and a librarian, uh, which is, sounds absolutely That's appropriate. But they were going to give him because he had been at DD for many many years. They were going to give him a big goodbye party, and for his last day. And so they had all this cake and wine and set up in the in the in the in the conference room for his last day and they were gonna say, Hey, congratulations. And like so they were like, Hey Byron, and it like walked by and it's like and it's and they started singing for he's a jolly good fellow as he walked by, and he walked right by the whale and just walked right out the fucking door. <laughs> really? Yes. He didn't even turn his head and looked at anyone. Oh, there was a ton of fucking people there. He just walked oh, out man. the fucking door and was like, that is Oh my God, that is such a baller move. Like that is like, that's the know. end of the third man in VFX. Yes. That's what that is. Yes. <laughs> that's incredible. And that was, he just left. 
You just left. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. Man, yeah. man. See, there are inspiring. Oh, uh, yeah. And there's a link that 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 that, that has just put on chat that, that talks about him. Oh yeah, look at this guy. Oh my god, nice. Uh, yeah, this guy nice is love it. Thanks for the link. Was it was it was it New Mexico that he moved to? I don't remember where he moved to. Oh my I, god, spectacular. Yeah, yeah. And he used to start fights on life all the time. <laughs> the all, life was our all, all the time. Like, like seriously, he would like, he, he used to like, there was like, see you in a parking lot in 10 minutes. Like kind of like, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. That's and incredible. he was so, and he, he would I mean, love we can definitely to, say that life, life at DD in those days was, do you remember life that the, 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 the male group, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, the male group. Yeah. And yeah. like, man, like life, the male group and life in general at DD yeah. was like some weird infinite frat party. <laughs> like that yeah. was just, absolutely in yeah. absolute insanity just people that's like oh yeah and he just knew he would he, and he would always there was always be someone who was like a new to dd that would start to have some opinion and then byron would be the one who's like oh i'm gonna take that person and pick at that scab until that person cracks into a yep. million pieces oh man yeah crazy yeah. days man crazy crazy days back i then. used to remember i used to love like going towards your area because you sat next to uh metzger and I would like go right there. Oh, that Christian blue gel, by the way, is looking super ch chill on your hair. I want to just note that. Oh, it's so his, nice. Uh, art directing his lighting in the in the, in the cast. So that's I want to just nice, note yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I put a blue gel on it. Do you like it? I do it's like it. Where are you? Better. Yeah, you got a little. Yeah. My new computer, I can get my backgrounds taken out. So the next one, I'll do it, and then I'm going to put a Blade Runner background. Nice. Like two, two. They say Blade Runner. No, two, two. You got the two wrong before. guy. Was yep. it four? Yeah, it goes two, two, two. Four. four. And the guy's like, I'm giving you two, idiot. <laughs> right. Okay, so Lucky Man said he's not in New Mexico. He's in Arkansas. But like, yeah. But there that's... Same thing. Oh, man. No, it's but not yeah, the same thing. Very different. Right. But but I used great. to go next to... I used to go sit... And you sat next to Metzger. And it was oh. right around some war that America was getting involved in. Yeah, and I used to be war. like, can you believe what's going on? And I would razzle him up because he was pro yes, yeah. war. And, and, he, and then I'd say, Chris, what would yeah. you, you know, Chris, yeah. right? And Chris would be like, wait a minute, what did you just say? And we're like, we're going to bomb them. And then I would no, go, he, he would, uh, Metzger would say, would like, we should just turn the whole desert into a glass parking lot with a nuclear bomb. And then I would go back to my desk. Why would you have a glass parking lot? That's a terrible Because you, you nuked all the sand. <laughs> you nuked the sand until it turns to glass. Yes, I believe, I, I believe that was the interpretation. Yeah, yeah right. so, so yeah. it's like, yeah. It's a, and I would be like, exactly what the fuck is wrong with you, Metzger? And then Eric would like, ha, 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 ha. I got him all round up. I just would quietly go. Oh, and then I would look no, down yeah, the yeah. aisle, and you guys would be like, ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> just drop a bomb and leave. Nice. Yeah, well, I loved it. Oh, man. Yeah, those and are. Just says, Do you remember the mail group assholes at DD? No, I don't remember assholes. Oh, I. I, I don't I don't remember that directly. I remember that being right. I, de I definitely I remember this. I don't remember what context. I think I the only thing that. that was more notorious, and I'm going to be completely wrong on this, and one of you guys on the chat will know can clarify it. It's I believe the old school Weta had a porn Tuesday or something about porn that would happen on a specific day of the week where they would exchange the nastiest porn possible openly. Yeah, this, is, this is something that you couldn't can't do like, today. 
Oh yeah. well, God, cl- clearly, and probably it should have been done before. But like, when people talk about like, uh, you know, like how tough the, you know, how rough and tumble the Justice League set was, I'm just like, right. yeah, I hear you, and I think that this should definitely be corrected for absolutely. But I don't know if you know exactly how bad it has been in, in many other areas, of the mm-hmm. like legendarily crazy and often quite frightening and awful. I do remember a story. <laughs> so I believe, I, I, I believe it was, I, I'm not going to name names because of now obvious reasons of destroying the tell, but it was one famous compositor now also famous VFX person went to another VFX compositors desk, also now famous person in that area. And open about 45 tabs of hardcore ass porn on their, on their, on their browser of like different horrific things that you never (laughs) really want to see things you don't want to Google. And then what happened is unfortunately that person was the person who had all the tabs open on their desk, unbeknownst to them arrived at their desk late at which point the executive producer of the show said, Hey, we want to show the director some new stuff. And, unlocks his screen and it's filled and filled and filled with that's crazy with craziness yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. like this is like i'm uh for my own history like i am i came in to dd probably too late 2006 2007 so i was at the very tail end of the craziest possible times like it was all fading out when i got there but man oh man you could still see the the battle scars in that place between the people and the and literal office like it was it was really really wild they were closing down the effects the the uh practical effects shop when i got there yeah um you know they were they they're, they're just finishing off stealth maybe i think yeah right. um and uh and like the like it was a you know like and, and i really do mean it like it in all in all reality like it's a it's good to close that that the the chapter that was being closed it's good and right to have been closed like it was bananas uh in lots of bad ways as, as well as you know fun stories but lots of craziness that yes not, not and good. i'm gonna bring uh, and 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 we'll, we'll we'll get back to mad mac but i want to put an end in the story because uh jesus brought up ass on his chat just so people who are only listening to the audio he says assholes was a mailing list that was a shit talking but were, but folks complained, so it became invite only. Right. But then the people yes. who had complained about it complained that they couldn't join. <laughs> so it just <laughs> so it got shut down. down. Yes. And it moved to a non-work domain, but it still exists, it still today. exists today. Wow. That's crazy. That, and That's Jason nuts. brought up this. I swear that shit uh, uh, assholes at Aditi uh, at, uh, was brought and up brought in a previous and, and my Possibly, guess, yeah. and I'm almost certain that the only person I could think of that would for sure talk about this or at least say this is the best thing possible was probably Rob Niederhorst is my guess. <laughs> Rob Niederhorst is being probably it. the person who who hosts that domain. Yeah, uh, that, or, yeah for sure. But or anyway, but let's yeah. get back to let's get back to Mad Max because I want to talk about the story. There yes. is a there is a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yes. Of this movie, and isn't that wonderful? Very thick middle. <laughs> Huh? Isn't it wonderful that it has a complete beginning, middle, and end? Like, yes, a very thick middle. Mm-hmm. And you manage to do this by having a shit ton of action the whole time. The whole time. The There's whole more action whole time. than in any other movie that I can see within that runtime. Yeah. It's radical. It's radical. You and know. anyone that says, like, no, I'm just here for the spectacle, I don't care about the story. 
you're wrong. You can have both. Yes. And in fact, the action is like conveys the story. Like that's it is the brilliant part of it. Yes. Like this is how this is the tool they're using to tell you the story. And the story is incredibly detailed and beautiful. And it's being like, instead of action for action's sake, which is what you mostly see, which is just noisy bullshit happens. And then you get to the end of it and like nothing changed. Right. Like that's, that's what most action is in most franchise pictures. And it's, it can be kind of fun, but it's mostly filler. Right. <laughs> Whereas this, everything that like, not only do they like, they, they clear out almost all dialogue. It's like at times it's almost a silent movie. Right. Yeah. And because of that, they, uh, they're like, okay, instead of dialogue, we're going to have the actions speak for this and yeah. everything that happens uh, is part of the argument the film is making and building correctly. Yeah. And that's why I said, like, now I have very, I have, I, I'll admit, my feelings about this movie are extreme. This is one of the best movies that I've ever seen. And I think it's one yeah. of the most important movies ever made. Like, it's, it was so stunning to me. It's a la it, this is the last movie that I saw more than five times in the theater. I must have seen I this. Must, yeah. I, I, I think I saw can. this ten, 10 times, at least, at least in the theater. Rarely do we agree. That I is, back you up. It's, it is so groundbreaking. And it's so groundbreaking. Yeah. I love it every time. And it's just those silent moments where she yeah. reaches out to him or he gives her the eye, like, mm. like something. Yeah. It's just. It's incredible. It's really and incredible. Like, this, this movie has a, there's a moment. In this I mean, movie even, goes out to, I was like, even watching the very, you know, spoiler, the very last shot of them acknowledging each other. Oh God. Mm, perfect. Chef's kiss. The acknowledge. The acknowledge. Chef's kiss. Is so Whoa, that's simple. another T-shirt. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that's too popular now. I know you're stealing. I still love saying it though. Yeah. <laughs> Chef's kiss, indeed. But yes, the last, the last bit, the last, the, that that last yeah. exchange. Two and a drink, by the way. Just to give an idea <laughs> of the poster that is, it is a martini glass with two fingers going into it like that. Cla that's all Clarence like Boddicker's fingers going into the martini glass. <laughs> Whatever that means to you, that's what we need. Just, just yeah, saying, the two-in-a-drink t-shirt or two-in-a-drink sticker or whatever it is. Robocop is, is like beyond a masterpiece after, after, I, after, that, after that scene. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that, there's, a, there's a moment in Fury Road which it was so breathtaking. Like, you say, like, oh, something's breathtaking. Like, oh my God, it's amazing. That literally took my breath away where like you could hear me in the theater like, <gasps> like i couldn't believe the image i was seeing yeah. was the the culmination uh of the story where you know you have um uh uh immortan joe is trying to get back his sex Wives. slaves essentially right and one of them is pregnant right with his child and mm -hmm. uh and he is chasing up after the other uh, giant fights happening and uh, the the pregnant woman, uh, like, uh, bursts out of the car, oh, yeah, yeah. showing oh, her pregnant belly to protect everyone there, to protect her, and ultimately to I protect know. her baby. Uh, like, and it was such a brazen, brave image that I, like, I literally gasped. <laughs> I was just like, I didn't, my, I didn't even know where to put my emotions anymore at that point. I was just like, I just started crying in the theater from a fucking action scene. Like that is the power of great filmmaking. Like it doesn't have to be like dialogue is just a way to convey a story. You know, it doesn't mean more because it's dialogue. It depends on what you're saying and the story and the thing that you're building with it, whether it's silent or not. You, and that here, can I tell you? Can I, can I tell you something? And this is just this is a very personal thing. 
very personal thing. Huh? Here's the thing about those, I was a five women or whatever they were, all of his sex slaves, right? Mm -hmm. They were 100% the epitome of what you would see on a fashion magazine. Oh, 100%, sure. Right? Exactly. right. And there's things well, there's that I fair think- fair maidens in the garden. Like, right, doesn't because matter. he's the but kind of guy who would do exactly on. this. Maybe, maybe, mm -hmm. right? But we're talking about everything else in the world is so fucked up and weird and a little bit odd right. Right. that part of me wished they had cast women because there is a there's a kind there's a kind of beauty that exists that we that is outside of the norm of what you consider oh, totally standard agree. beauty. Yeah, right. Totally and I yeah. believe if they had cast five people that are beautiful in an unusual or different way, it could have been I, a little I, bit I more hear, I interesting. Hear what you're saying. I, I think that, that, that I hear that what you're saying, but that actually would, for me, mess up the character of a Morton Joe. Because, because he you is, think of his materialism is that he, Yeah, because like what he has yeah, done. He but, is a, but a materialism, my point, like, okay, to, go to, ahead, to, to, to clarify, to clarify, like the, like he has chosen, like, he is like he is the epitome of toxic masculinity, right? Yeah, and right. so uh, he has uh, refined his like he's strained through his uh, broken mind. The only things that are acceptable are this, 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 and this, and this look. And this is all. This is the only people that I will grant clemency uh, at all. Are, is this? This is the only people that are worthy of this. Is this? And so the person uh, that he's going to select is obviously going to be a bunch of supermodels, right? The power of the movie is that yes, these are people that have been strained out of the the mix by his uh, by his fucked up brain and his broken uh, toxic brain, right? right. And then. It reveals these people to be people like they like, yeah, like, yes, of course, they're like basically fucking supermodels on the outside. But the argument remains the same where you're just like, yeah, like you can't just treat these people like objects. You have to strip right. that away in your head. And if you if you have them being if you like you grant de more depth to Immortan Joe, if you make them less traditionally beautiful. Like Immortan Joe has to be like, and it's amazing they they still give him a lot of depth. But all their personalities as, came out. They're so different. Yes, all the women, exactly. Like they, 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 they the look action. on the outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, granted, and and like I said, I was like, I just need to to talk it through with you guys. Sure, but sure. but 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 I get what you're saying though, 100. Yeah, I mean that's that's an important. In part. fact, that's the point. Like you kind of have to hammer it home of his yeah. literal. Like you know, he has to be as shallow and desperate as possible. In every way, and like, right. and uh, if they and were, like, if they were beautiful for a different reason, that wouldn't make the point across. Is yeah, that, like then, then he becomes the, a the, the fact that there's such, gen I hate to say, generically it, generic beauty, beauty yeah. yet yeah. still strong characters is part of the point. Yeah, and like as Eric's saying, they, all of their all of their personality is revealed through their choices in action, and they become completely individualized characters because of this. Like on the surface, yes, they're exactly what Martin Joe picks, and he can't tell the difference between any of them. Like he can barely do the only. There's the pregnant one and a bunch of them. I don't know what they. They all look basically the same. Whereas, like we, because we spend time with these people as people, they become actual distinct personalities, and that's true for yeah. everyone, not just the not just the that group of women. And I think that that's the thing. Is like, and and even with that, I have to say, like it's it's really one of the boldest things in the movie is that Martin Joe is as desperate and shallow and pathetic as he is they still treat him like a human being like when he loses his baby like he is 
crushed in a way that is predictable and selfish and sad, but they don't just make him an asshole about it. Like he's not purely materialistic. They show that like, this is a messed up actual human being. Like this isn't a fantasy character that, you know, like that's a, like, like if we were to imagine the worst man in the world, it'd be like this. It's actually like, this is the worst man in the world. And what's the worst thing is that he's a real person. And, and I think that that's the kind of uh, sort of responsibility that, that Miller is willing to take, where he's just like, I'm not just going to make this guy a fucking cartoon. I'm going to make him a cartoon on every possible level I can, yet still show that these are bad choices that actual men make as opposed to cartoons. And that's yeah. what makes it a statement. Because like, the thing is that like, especially like, wh- like I'll just load it all on the guys, like, like guys who are act terribly or treat people treat people badly don't think that they are bad guys they think they're funny guys and they think they're being charming and they think that they are owed this or whatever it is it never occurs to them that they're a morton joe like that doesn't like they think that this is their right and this is like how can you like don't you know that i protect you and all this fucking bullshit story they build around themselves but that is a poisoned personality of a real human being. And that's why you like to treat that character with as much empathy, not sympathy, uh, mm-hmm. as to say he is a person, uh, is to treat him the same way the, the women are treated in a positive way, where you just like, you have a surface evaluation that you, the audience, are making when you see these whatever supermodels should come out, right? But by the end of the movie, you're, you've forgotten that because now you know them as people. Yeah. And so they're doing this on both sides, and that's super, super responsible to me. McMighty Man says Immortan Joe Rogan, which is pretty Immortan Joe Rogan. Immortan Joe Rogan. That's really, that's really <laughs> exactly. funny. That's really funny. Exactly. There's a little exactly. bit of truth to that, but yeah. yeah. That, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't, I've never really, I've never listened to Rogan, but like the, the dumb stuff that I have heard that passed around, like he clearly thinks that he is saying something rich and profound and moving and you go like well hold get on some context buddy listen that's only a little bit hold on hold on I, I don't listen to him i have no ideas i'm just saying from the from the way that's contextualized that's what i mean what jesus what am i thinking who's who's the fucking dj from new york that everyone used to listen How, to howard stern. howard stern right so the joe rogan's the new howard stern and i'm not necessarily saying Howard Stern or Joe Rogan are right or wrong, but you know what they've done? They've figured out how to get their audience to listen to them, and they're doing a good job. <laughs> That's doing very that, true, right? And Joe Rogan is does a good job, and I do listen to Joe Rogan sometimes. Mm-hmm. I do interesting what he has to say. I have a feeling he has way too much power over his audience, yeah. which he uses, like with his fucking anti-vax bullshits, which right. I was like. You are you have a responsibility, my friend, and you are doing you're doing the world a disservice through that yep. process. Right. But uh, uh, I do think that Joe Rogan has an interesting thing, and I have listened to him talk to some very interesting people, right. and he's very good at conversation. He's, well, he's excellent. He's at certainly conversation. a pro, right? I mean, I knows right. What, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, like I know him through like the anti-vax comments, where I'm just like, that's not helping, my man. That is really not helping. Like, get, fucking put your head on straight before. Yep. You know, like, like that hasn't that has a major impact if you have. A, and RGP an Alchemy, who says, if you're watching Joe Rogan for Joe Rogan, you're doing it wrong. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's right. That's actually a very good way of putting right. it because 
I, I, listen, I don't listen to much Joe Rogan because honestly, you know, three hour podcast. Oh, sorry. What? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he does, he does get into long form conversations with people, which is very powerful. And that's yeah. a really he gets, good thing. He gets really great. Some interesting guests. He does get interesting guests. And you know why he gets interesting Scientists guests? Because he's so got forth. an interesting audience that's involved with it. And, and, and he does have a variety of point of views that he brings to the position. And he is his controversial part is what also always gets people's attention. It's the same fucking thing with Elon Musk. You're only going to talk about all the crazy shit that that person said. Yeah, but that person's also right doing there. some amazing things on the side and not trying to defend Joe well, or the, anything this else. This ventures but. into the territory of like Elon Musk gets in the same territory for me. It's just like, like uh, as the art artist problem, I'm just like, there are things that Elon Musk is doing that I'm very happy are happening. Like, right. I don't actually give a shit about Elon Musk. I don't know the guy at all. And whether he's insane or, you know, like says some stupid thing on Twitter, right. like I could give a shit. Like I would like us to try to get back to the moon. And this is his company is doing this. That's about as much interest right. as I have in him. But that's an important thing. So like yeah. uh, that, that's that's the kind of jazz where I'm just like, I know people, you know, have strong emotions about this I was stuff, having this conversation this about, right. right. I'm having this conversation with someone like, there's someone on Facebook. I'm not going to necessarily put it, but it basically says like, well, you know, all these electric cars are going to destroy the planet with all their batteries. I'm like, hold on a second. Where are you getting this information? Right. Because, <laughs> because electric cars, if you do it, if you, if electric car can last three to five times longer than a traditional car. Which and is a big deal, of it, just of itself. On its own, right? And then most of the battery cells that are in electric cars can be recycled into battery walls, which is what they're basically doing at Tesla as well. And right. they're like, and it's like, well, what's happening to all these more efficient batteries? I didn't hear anything about them. It's like, they're being put into cars every day. Right. So, so there's a lot of misinformation and people want, the thing about social media right now is that everyone wants to be angry <laughs> and not necessarily read real information anymore. Right. And that's right. a big yeah. problem. Yeah, it's, it's it. all, it's, this is all we've talked about. Like, it's all just people making, you know, like, how do I square off against somebody else so I can define myself? Like, right. it's not very useful. Whatever. Well, I think everybody, there's a transition time in, this, in, in the world right now because I, uh, I, I talk to relatives about things that I do. Uh, you know, I'm not putting in a lot, but I invest in crypto. Mm -hmm. and, or, you know, in Ethereum, and they just are like, like, unbelievable. I mean, I tell a couple of family members and I get emails like every two days of like criminals and, you know, it's crashed. This week was a tough week for- How many criminals you know, invest in dollars? Ask them that's that. That's what I said. Wall Street doesn't Not, have- What are you talking about? I mean, Not it's just unbelievable. <laughs> it's just they yeah. don't understand- Things well, in transition times. Yeah. And, and anything that's just, well, we, I had this conversation with uh, a couple couple people that I've been working with. And it's like anything that disrupts the norm is going to right. freak people out. And there's right. going to be a yeah, big yeah. arms race to discredit that information. Right. Right. Well, and like, so for if, instance, I'm sure you'll want to bring up NFTs in this. Uh, as well. NFTs is a big prime example of this, and I don't actually want to get into it too much because right. here's the reason why, and I'll tell you very specifically. Don't get uh, me started. I am uh, Mr. Mom this weekend, as you as you guys may know from the beginning, very beginning of the podcast, and I promised my kids I would take him to the counter to get burgers and milkshakes. Oh, nice. Which nice. is an awesome thing to do. 
after we get off things. So I don't want this to go for a very super long podcast. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure we finish our points. We finish the points that we need to make on uh, uh, Fury Road. Which, which we actually crazy. haven't got into. We we yeah. barely got into the meat of the 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 the, the, the actual film, uh, although we all basically said we loved it. <laughs> like um, it's such an uncontroversially amazing movie. It's hard to <laughs> say anything new about it. It's just like yeah. There well, you know what? I'll tell you this, Dan uh, uh, and um, Eric. I didn't like. No, Dan. <laughs> That's it. No, I no. didn't like it that much the first time I saw it. I was what's like, what's your reaction? That's interesting. I, I'm totally. I and this hear is a point I want to bring up. Is like I thought it was like I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. I did because I I saw the spectacle, and I was reacting. I think when I saw it, I was reacting towards the. It was all done practically BS. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? That, that's a and hard so, context. I agree. And so when I put that in there, it was like, eh, it's okay. Now here's the thing, and this has come up a few times. A lot of us have seen a film that we didn't like the first time, mm-hmm. and then we liked it some years Absolutely. later when we yep. saw it in a different context. Yep. I was like that you, with Dazzler's Revenge. Dazzler's right. Revenge with uh, what's his name, Nougat. Right. Yeah. So good. And, and Nougat. <laughs> very. And when, once once it turns into a film that you like after you don't like it, it 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 rarely goes back to you know what yeah. I don't like this film again. Yeah. I don't know of any idea that it would go back now. If it's a film that you like the first time and then you don't like it so much the next time you see it, it's usually because you were very young. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're and therefore, like, now that you've you matured to a different well, level, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Eh. But yeah. I believe that sometimes, you know, because when I, what, when, I, when I first saw this film, I wasn't in the right mood. I was ready to discredit its success totally. because of that stuff. I have been right where you are, brother. One hundred percent. I get it. I get that. Right. Because like, because movies are like the experience of a movie is you know context has a lot to do with it. Like that's the way it works. And like, because like for instance, like when I uh, saw uh, the Last Jedi, which I don't think is a great movie, but I think it's a pretty good movie now. Right. I I walked out halfway through. I walked out of that movie because I was really? just, I was yeah because I was so frustrated with the with the nonsense of star wars i was just like 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 star wars had become such a uh a gargantuan fan service mess that i was in exactly the wrong state of mind to watch this you know and i took it entirely the wrong way in my mind and it and took me a while and a lot uh, and a whole different context i watched it again i was like the fuck was i so pissed about like this is still a, it's a pretty good movie it's not a great movie but it's a pretty good movie it's got interesting stuff you know and so i totally get it dude like i mean like if you're real if you're in the industry and you're working in visual effects and here come these right. fucking guys and they're just like there were it was all done with real people and we lived in the future <laughs> you're like right. what yes we actually drove into a fucking lightning hurricane in a <laughs> desert exactly. like i'll say for anyone who's listening Wait, who doesn't what? know this when you are watching that movie you are watching 40% CG in at least two thirds of the shots. At least. That's it. <laughs> like all of and the some of, and some, and, and actually some of the green screen was not very good. It was actually yeah. pretty bad. Absolutely. Yeah, the night sequence. Yeah. Well, the night sequence like, but there was some of the stuff where they were like, you know, at the. It's a little on shaky. The, and I'm like, ooh, janky lighting does not match yeah. edges, does, edge galore problems, right? Does, does this hurt the movie? No. No. 
No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the movie's great. Doesn't make any difference. No. You know what does hurt the movie? Grandma Tarkin. Grandma Princess Tarkin. Princess saying hope. Exactly. Because, because like, that is a major plot point and not right. just a minor detail. Yeah, exactly. Because the fact is, as uh, as uh, they brought uh, brought up in chat, like if you were to nail it, if you were to get Grandma Tarkin to look absolutely photorealistic, that looks like Peter Cushing 100%, you'd be left with, why the fuck is this in this movie? Yes. <laughs> like, this is a bad scene. What's happening? You, that, that, you, if you're making it such an important part of the story, then you right. fucked up. Yeah. Exactly. That's when you didn't, yeah. Oh, you, if you pander, you fuck up. George Miller didn't pander. Yeah, exactly. No, he didn't pander. And the, right. the, the beautiful simplicity of because people pander. If you go, if you build by committee, there's a pandering. Right. Because it, but that's what we're in the age of, and that's what's screwed us. Yeah. Seven just didn't pander. Well, you know, like the thing is that the, the seventies. I mean, there's plenty of pandering shit in the seventies. I mean, like, it's plenty of bad stuff. But we forgot. Oh, you guys, you guys are that. just killing me. I'm just like, I'm just loving this. This. Oh yeah, let's, let's go that back because there was <laughs> <air> crazy. <laughs> the is, there was a lot of pandering bullshit. But the point is, the committees weren't there. And I, I refrain. I say some things. Uh, it wasn't a corporate committee. That was the birth of the corporate committee in yes. the seventies. Yeah, but it's, it's now specifically just, post Star Wars. Post the Star yeah. Wars brings once you got into this kind of the bean counter thing, yeah. we, it was it's downhill. That's the I wasn't pain. kidding. Star right. Wars fucking ruined everything, man. It was like Star yeah. Wars the death Star, of hope. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's the death of hope. Yeah, <laughs> the death of hope. That's 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 new the, hope, Eric. the death of hope. That, the death that of hope. Been, uh, that's what I would have called it. Mad Max, the death of hope. The death of hope. <laughs> Dude, this is what I okay. Here's the it's funny because that's exactly what's funny. Like, oh my god! And it, first of all, I just just the idea of that story. Like, oh no, we're going towards hope. Right. Oh, you passed it. It's dead. <laughs> it's dead. Hope it's is dead. where you came from. Yes. Yeah. Wait, what? The genius and to go back and fix the problem at the root. I mean, it is a brilliant fucking story. Brilliant. It's brilliant because like what, like what this does, you passed it. You saw those weird scarecrow things. That was, that was what you were going towards and it's dead. Yes. Like the fantasy she has in her head of the green place. Like that's the place where it's like it's it, like it's all just gonna be fantastic. Jason, you're killing me on this chat. Where, where, you're killing it. <laughs> a new hoax. <laughs> like, uh, that's Jason, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. The, uh, but like the the she has this fantasy of uh, that's driving her forward. Of this that's God or that good? <laughs> that's, that's, that's gonna be that's gonna be perfect. And then uh-huh. the movie has the bravery to get there and say. Yeah, that doesn't work. You actually have to go and fix yourself and everything else. Like yeah. You have to fucking take responsibility for what's happening. That's the only way this is going to get fixed. Yep. You, know, you can't just run away from this. And so this movie is a A to B to A movie, which yeah. people criticize for being simple. I'm like, why do you need that to be complex? You know? Like this yeah. is why? Yes. Why? 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 This doesn't need to be Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I don't know. What... <laughs> exactly. 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 Tell the simple story. Oh, yeah. you know what? Instead of looking for the future, fix the place you came from. Yes. Like the 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 statement is elegant. Like it's yeah. simple and it's elegant and it allows for incredible character complexity and action. But what they're all saying is something very simple and very true. And like that's that is why that movie is like I always say it's like that's like that movie is is next to like uh, Man with the Movie Camera in terms of importance to film. Like I can always point to Fury Road and say it's so beautiful. I might watch it again tonight. Do it. Yeah. This is how. Yeah. You do it. 
Dave 3D put a a, a, a link uh, in uh, <laughs> in our chat, which is a GIF, which is basically someone put a comment, and this was actually this happened. I remember very much this. This was on on Twitter. Someone says, "I don't like VFX movies. I like dramas." Yeah, and it's a shot from fucking Lincoln with a giant green screen behind him. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis in the green screen. <laughs> yes, and it's basically like every movie has VFX in it. So shut yeah, the fuck. That up. is the that is the tool set. I and mean, this is like I think this is actually pretty interesting, just because yeah. like the not only the people that like the part of, like yes they had to sell it to the uh, the old folks that run the Oscars, but they were leveraging the fact that people in general, fans in general, movie fans, have this weird. Uh, dedication to this belief of uh, CG is not valid, right? Like, no, that's what ruins movies. It's artificial. Like, it's a movie. The whole fucking thing is artificial. That is what is happening for you. Like, the whole idea is to trick you. That's what we do. Yeah. I remember, Dave, Dave, did you make, seriously, If did you really make that meme? Because I remember that and I have quoted it several times. If you're the original person that did that, I I would like to congratulate you on that. And and, 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 and chef's kiss, (laughs) chef's kiss. (laughs) And and I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging that. So if Dave, if you really are the originator of that meme, you should fucking NFT that shit. Let me just say that way. (laughs) Which one? Which one? The, the the green screen of the Lincoln. green screen of, of like, uh, I like dramas yeah. and here's fucking you know Daniel Day Lewis on a green screen exactly yes. so NFT dash shit man it's but worth it's worth it's worth some some dough if anyone is <laughs> complaining about bad CG what you're really complaining about is bad filmmaking mm-hmm. that's it yeah that is all that is happening. Because like you can't complain about how like how shitty something looks in CG. Like oh, the, it's the Rock and the Scorpion King. It's like ruined the movie. No, the movie was already shitty. I promise you. Like that could be totally yeah. real looking, and that is a shitty movie. That's no, yep. there's no way around it. Just like you can go back and watch the old Star Wars, and the effects are terrible by comparison. Still a good right. movie. Doesn't make any difference. Bad screen right. screening in Fury Road. Who gives a shit? Doesn't make any difference. Like the movie is so good. we can. Well, I'll tell you this: uh, Fury Road has enough legs on it that we can actually do a separate. Many. I'm going to put yeah. a, a separate yeah. podcast where we go into depth about yeah. all everything. That's How long important. have we been, Chris? Your answer. We're set three hours. Yeah, we're Let's just say this. Let's do another half hour. We power through some of the key points in Fury no. Road. <laughs> then we'll do 15 minutes of just kind of loose back and forth. There's a wind. Down. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. And I'm going to tell you why, Your because I've got to get milkshakes. Milkshakes, milkshakes are involved. Dude, anyone who's so, listening doesn't know what the counter is. Come to Los Angeles and go to the counter. It's the best. Yeah, the That's milkshakes. another t-shirt right there. Milkshakes are involved. Milkshakes right. are yeah. involved. I'm saying. And actually, I just have one question. It's true. I have one question about the counter. Okay. The counter's font that they use on their building is the Close Encounters font. Encounters counter is this that on purpose someone asked them like that is the is the classic close encounters font I saw it I was like that's from close encounters and I asked the guy at the counter he's like what's close encounters I was like this burger tastes worse now right <laughs> okay so I want to I want to note a couple things so I'm I'm gonna wind down and I want to I want to note a couple things one is we totally probably need to do a completely separate. Not right now, but we are going to probably do another separate 
Fury Road. Fury Road down. after dark. Just get into every little detail of what's important about it because yes, I'm totally willing to do that. I also, honestly speaking, I want to do another one just on on Blade Runner 2049 because I am yes. obsessed with Blade that Runner That movie is fucking incredible. Right. Incredible. And so incredible. I, I can go into that and I've watched it so many times. I don't know what I don't I know will, why. I will I now say it. Yeah, I will and, now say that that I would go that would, that goes toe to toe with the original film for me. Easy, easy. Yes, now yeah. and also, but yeah. yes, look at that. It's beautiful. I have I have a it's copy. Cool. It's great, beautiful, beautiful book. Right, yeah. and and this this is from a guy who said he doesn't like sci-fi, which yeah, I don't. I, make I love either. Blade Runner from when I was a kid. This yeah, is, but you said I don't like sci-fi, and I think this is sci-fi. Star Wars is what it comes down to. No, this is not. This is. I, I'm this sorry, is, we forced I you to watch Blade Star Runner Wars. as a kid. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. This is not sci-fi. This is different. Yeah, it's this is total sci-fi, a hundred percent sci-fi. The fact that Eric said Blade Runner twenty forty nine is not sci-fi <laughs> should tell you a little bit about how biased Eric is about sci-fi. That is, uh, I, I have to say, <laughs> that is one hundred percent. That is one hundred percent science fiction to the core. And the, the, the beautiful, the beautifulness. It's is not Star Wars. It's yeah. It's like, I understand the differentiation because people who make this argument. I agree with them. Almost all science fiction is garbage. So yes, yeah. I agree with you. So when you say you hate sci-fi, you're not saying you hate good movies. You hate garbage. You hate garbage. I when you agree. say you hate sci-fi, it's like me saying I hate CG. Yeah. <laughs> we made the same argument. I do not like garbage. I agree. I also do not like garbage. It's very, right. very true. But, you know, if anybody uh, uh, gets a chance to get a hold of that Art and Soul of Blade Runner 2049 book that he's holding, it is a fucking masterwork. Okay. I, you notice uh, I changed the fill light? I'm oh, going to do this. I'm going to do this because I want to wrap Red. it up. I want to wrap it up. Yes, it's very Let's good. Let's talk some more. Very good. No, no, no. I want to do this. I'm going to I'm gonna oh, look be at the going lens into sales. I love it. I love the lens Where flare. are you? Ash, where are you? <laughs> Get the new second edition if of this, If you guys Ash. enjoyed Woo-woo. this Ridley podcast, down, if you guys metal. enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast uh, on Twitch right now yes, because it's available on Twitch. And we would love to get some more subscribers. This is what's going to help pay for us. And so uh, the the uh, Twitch subscription, uh, I, I don't really know how it works, but we would enjoy it. And uh, and those of you who have subscribed, while it does support us, we will uh, pay you back with some Yeah, we're going to make stuff. up some goodies for you. And, some uh, goodies. goodies and and we got some uh, new kind of limited edition stickers, like but yep. really nice stickers like yep. from this company. So there's some money going out to it, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. And we've got a whole new line of stuff. Hey, it's summertime. And I just want to quickly say, and I know you have to go, Chris. It's summertime. You go to the beach, you want a brand new towel. And we have them. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's very true. So if you go to martinigiant.com. You and it just came to link. me. I wasn't trying to sell anybody on it. No, just, no, no. It just... There's a link on there. If you guys want to go onto our merch store and you can buy t-shirts and beach towels. Specifically, and the like if you are if you're out on the beach and you basically <laughs> have been fishing all day, and you be need to be able to uh, you know wipe the sand off your your, your feet no, uh, or one. do something, and it, nothing would be better than a Martini Giant beach towel. www.martinigiant.com. Please go and check it out and all the awesome artwork by Mr. Eric Sheely uh, that okay. is also available in our gallery section, which is incredibly beautiful and very yeah. Very and I, yeah, uh, I'll send you guys. I have some notes. Anyway. That's 
I shouldn't have mentioned it because Chris is going to be like, that's not what we talk about on the podcast. No, it's like, here you know it is. Well, we're because I got some other stuff we to do. Are but a we family here. Right. So what we're going to do is, you know, obviously our merch stuff, we're going to have some staples that are going to be up there all the time. And we're also going to have some limited edition stuff that's going to happen. So we'll let you guys know what's limited edition and what's not. But obviously things like, you know, two and a drink could be a like, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, or a month that's long run. Limited edition. The Boddicker. The Boddicker special. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the types of things that are that are going to be going on. But yes, please uh, uh, do subscribe if you can. And if it would really mean a lot to us is if uh, you can, uh, if you listen to the podcast with your ears, uh, like (laughs) rate uh, rate us, tell people about us, uh, tell people on Facebook, etc. Because we want to try to increase the uh, volume of people who are here on Twitch to join us during these shows because that makes it even more fun. Right. And Um, we actually had one of the highest viewerships, which wasn't a huge amount, but it was it's been growing uh, slowly. So we had a good higher viewership this week uh, or this episode, which is great. A lot of hits. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of hits. Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure. To, like I like I said, I like ever since we switched to Twitch, it's been absolutely. I riot. love having this chat love it. The, and love having it. you so guys awesome. part of the podcast. Suddenly, it's like the three of us are not just talking to a wall. You know, yeah, it feels exactly. like <laughs> Wait, waiting for Dan to go off about Return of the Jedi again. Yeah. Oh, not again, <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> oh no, a tripwire. Yeah, it's very true. Right. But so, you can uh, reach us at uh, uh, Martini Giant at. Uh, podcast at martinigiant.com yeah that's our email uh, for things you want us to try and cover uh, mm-hmm. and we are looking for movies that you can cover over the show uh, and also movies for our watch parties which also happen on Saturdays which you can come and join us here on Twitch please let people know about that the movies we are looking for are really goofy ones that you don't mind us talking over whether they're good or bad or movies you've seen so many times you don't care if we talk over but we are going to talk over them right. but it's one of the best times I've had in a long time is these Saturdays Watch parties, absolutely phenomenal. Can I can I make a suggestion to that? We should do research and see. You know, they in the seventies are like the worst film of the year. Oh man, go to those every year. It's voted like the worst film of the year, and then we'll pick that. Right. Yeah. As long as it's available on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, the free one, not the IMDb sub thing. That just. On Prime, you get right. it for free because because it, it has to work on Amazon Prime. I don't walk it. on water, Chris. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so so go through the list. Amazon Prime has an actual right. awesome and list. And brought where's the Martini Giant Martini Glass? And maybe it's not currently available on Threadless, but maybe there is one. I don't what know. Is? We'll figure it out. A martini yeah. glass? Martini glasses yeah, on martini glasses. No, but glass. there's going to be some. I got some things cooking, and I know you have to go and get. Uh, Okay, I just want to say, like, if you guys have suggestions about that stuff, that'd be great. We're also a very close to figuring out if we're going to be uh, uh, streaming more than once a week. Yes. So we may be streaming during the week more often, and those are going to be more, way more casual watch parties, uh, much more along the Twitch line of things of just hanging out and just watching a movie together. Yep. Uh, and that's so, so something that's going to be happening. If that sounds interesting to you, uh, we'd love to you know know about that as well. So we're probably just going to be hanging out a lot more. Yep. Dan, right. you need uh, a martini giant poster for your studio wall. Yeah, yeah. for right this year. This is yeah. a martini giant door hanging. That's what I need. Uh, but yeah, please that. let us know what you think about that. You can tweet us at martini giant uh, on Twitter. You yep. can reach us uh, on Instagram uh, at uh, martini underscore giant. Uh, mm-hmm. Reach us at the aforementioned uh, Gmail. And what else? Did I miss one? And watch us on Twitch. There we are. You're watch us there. on Twitch, which is uh, martini 
uh, uh, twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant for yes. Twitch channel. Uh, and we that are is where you can and- subscribe to us and support yep. our channel as well. And Facebook, of course. Uh, Facebook us and let us know what you think. You, uh, We are most interactive on Twitter, so please tweet at us or tweet about us. And yep. uh, and we have absolutely loved having uh, this, uh, this awesome chat crew. Oh, we'd love to fatten it up yeah, and make it even more of a party. So this was a very good night too, and we didn't even get through uh, Fury Road that much. I know no, that's going to be a special episode. I agree. With Chris. I think I think we I think it deserves its own three hours. If you guys agree, let us know. But I believe yeah, it's below. But but I think we we were able to connect the dots of the successes of how those two movies connect with each other. Oh, I agree way. with you. I totally agree. Yeah, okay. And, uh, and uh, if, if only producers would listen to Martini Giant, the world yeah. would be a better place. No, no more no, Jedis. No, they no listen to the Jedis. fucking bottom line, baby. The bottom line. <laughs> All right. I'm going to turn right, off everybody. the stream. So but uh, good night, everyone. Yeah. I'm awesome gonna, oh, maybe, yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Wait. Wait. Oh, no. We didn't do it. we got to do the words. Ready? Drink. Talk. Drink. Just in time. Good call. <laughs>